from beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya. Tonight we're talking about the sci-fi film Pitch Black, released in 2000, directed by David Tui and starring the one and only Vin Diesel. So consider this your spoiler warning. Yes, turn back now if you haven't seen this film, watch it and come back and find out what's so good about it. It's a long way between stops for something to go wrong, sorry. These are wise words from Vin Diesel at the beginning in the voiceover part of the film. You're not afraid of the dark, are you? After this film, yes. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Definitely. Yeah, um, and this, this film was a bit of a surprise film, uh, relatively low budget, 23 million or 25 million, depending on who you're asking and what dollars you're talking about. Mm. But certainly, I mean, considering Star Wars back in 1978 was 20 or 30 million. Yeah. So, you know, for a space film, pretty yeah, small. Yeah. Uh, we also have to take into account, though, they don't have the sorts of um, computer graphics and systems we have now where. Yeah. Uh, a solo person in their own home office can produce you know, major quality uh, science fiction sort of special effects. Yeah, it w- so 23 million didn't take you very far back in 2000. No, but I, I mean, I do think probably the... So you do have to take that into account, I think, watching this film is the special effects, they relied heavily on CGI and those that CGI probably has dated a little bit in this in this particular film. Um, they, they kept a lot of it in the dark, though, so they that's did. okay. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, you know, they they were they used the dark really well, and then at the same time, I really think what's extremely clever in this film is they because it is you know a film about the darkness with the creatures and also Vin Diesel's character having his eye surgery. And let's not forget the situation, the the, the <laughs> metaphorical. Tatters. Darkness within. That's right. Us. Yeah. But but because of all of those things, what the film did really well is they could really experiment with lighting and color, and uh, you know the 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 effect of being on such an alien planet. You know, and and I reckon they did that extremely well in this film. They did, and the the box office here was over fifty million, so yep. it more than doubled its money. Yeah, it did well that way. And well, we always think that's well yeah. <laughs> in our books. <laughs> well, it was they they were very pleased with it as well. It yeah. spawned two sequels. Yeah, and. I mean, it largely launched Vin Diesel into the public eye. Yeah, line. yeah, brought him right up to us because I think Fast and the Furious was, was right after. Just, just after this, Fast yeah. and the Furious and Triple X, mm. and then another six Fast and Furious. <laughs> and they keep going, keep going. But I mean, it, I think for him, you know, it's probably one of those things that, you know, it was like these couple of big Hollywood films and all of a sudden he's a blockbuster actor, isn't he? Yeah, well, and so he should be. He, he did really well on this one. I've yeah. seen a couple of his other films where... Uh, I don't think he had as good direction or, or maybe he just wasn't as well cast. Mm. But in this film, he's definitely a, a standout and that's why the sequels are called Riddick. Mm. They're not yeah. called 
you know, bounty hunter chasing man or something like that. Yeah, and they did. I, I, I saw just a bit of trivia. They re-released the title of this film when it got to sort of DVD as the Chronicles of Riddick. So it was Pitch yeah. Black, the Chronicles of Riddick, whereas the cinema release was just Pitch Black. Pitch Black. So you're right. Like the strength of his character, people that loved this film at the time, you know, that, that that's what they realised. They realised that the strength was Vin Diesel, the character of Riddick, and that's what people wanted to know, didn't they? That's what they recognised. Oh, absolutely. It's, and it's interesting. I think we'll go into more as we progress our way yeah, through definitely. the synopsis. But there's certainly... This, this is definitely a movie that... On first blush, if you read the little blurb about it, uh, and I, I remember going into this film, I watched this in the cinemas when it first came out with my friends. I was in, I don't know, 2000. Was it 2000? 2000, yeah. I was at uni. There you go. Yeah. No, I'd f- finished uni. Oh my God, I don't know what, I don't know how old I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what were you do- Were you at the movies on a weekday when you should have been working? That's oh how goodness. old I was. <laughs> But, you don't need to reveal all the uh, secrets. No, no, it was, it it was, was in I was dark. in a share house. That's why I thought ah. I was at, at uni. No, I wasn't at uni. It was after that in a share house uh, with um, business partners of mine at the time. <laughs> that, that sounds even more suspicious now. Yeah. Shared house with business partners. Yeah, our business was not <laughs> booming. So I went and got a real job. But we watched this movie and it was sold as a creature alien yeah. movie. Yeah, well, like I know and, the, the genre, the you know, online it's saying horror sci-fi, you know. Yeah, so and you, so expect- I went in there expecting that. And it is that to an extent. Yeah, it is. It, it is. But yeah. that's not where the charm of this movie lies. If you go in there, and this is like, I saw some criticism of that movie Tao. People were expecting a killer house AI yeah, gone right. wrong. Like yeah, that's yeah. just kind of like a, a, a cliche. Yep. And they're expecting that. And they, they were disappointed because, of course, in Tao, the, the house is actually arguably the good guy yeah and again it's much deeper than just a yeah, killer and, house. More to it. And, yeah. and likewise this is yeah it's got some you know um jump scares and it's got a bit of you know gore and and fright um sort of building horror type of things within the, which they've got some really good concepts for that in this movie which we'll talk mm, about yeah, but yeah. there there is another layer to this movie which is which is what i think captured people's imaginations and and probably was not really captured by the sequels very well mm. So let's let's do it. So this movie, as you said, it starts uh, with a voiceover. Vin Diesel has got an amazing voiceover. I'm surprised he doesn't do more voiceover work. He's just got this this great sort of deep, rich voice. Yeah, it's, it's and it, and it's a bit dusty, you know. Like mm. it's, it's got a bit of a croak in a good way, you know. Like a you know, there is something really good about his voice for the, for a character like this, you know. Yeah. And if you took any sort of uh, you know, murder, you know, like murder crime gangster film, his voice would work, you know, like he, yeah. he would be able to set that well, tone. I think definitely also as a bit of a thinking criminal. Yeah, he doesn't sound, oh, definitely. He's yeah. got that deep, heavy voice, but it's not a thuggish voice. No, it's, it's definitely no. sounds cunning, which is very good. And yeah, it starts off with his voiceover and there's, it's telling us that we're in uh, cryo, he's in cryosleep, your reptile brain is still awake. <laughs> and, he's, and he, and he, Talks through who else is in this little. It's a great line that, but I mean, I know we, I know we want to move through the plot quicker, but it yeah. is a great line telling you something about his character because he he says that in cryosleep the primitive brain brain stays awake, that uh, you know it sta- stays conscious. I think, and mm. he's like, so this is why I'm awake. You yeah, know? it's like so he is a bit you know animalistic. You know, well, as a it's character, an, it's an interesting insight into this film as well. And I would love to talk with the director and writers on this because. 
I I don't know if this was an intentional uh, thing or convenient happenstance. Mm. Maybe their reptile brains were still awake while they were writing, and so they came up <laughs> with this. But and and it's a bit of a hint in in where the uh, the true gem of this movie lies is that right at the start we're given this hint that you know in Cryosleep the the primitive brain is still alive, so we're already being told to think about this this deeper emotional almost primitive level of action and reaction mm. and how that operates and how he he as a character lives within that yeah. to some extent because i think the whole rest of the movie could almost be considered a uh you know a, a psychological portrait or even an, if you've seen that movie that disney movie inside out yeah no I where have, like yeah. the little emotion characters yeah, running inside the girl's head yeah. you could almost sort of picture many of this much of this film as being filmed as something happening inside someone's head while they're in cryosleep yeah yeah it's sort of and riddick is the primitive side of it mm. uh, and and viewing able to view all the other little bits and pieces running yeah. around and uh i think that really sets the scene well it also doesn't hurt that his cryo box has got you know restricted access you know do, <laughs> you know lockdown do, do not, not open, open you know <laughs> No, you know, do not, not for emergency opening. Yeah. You know, like, because then, of course, little micro meteorites go yeah. shoot through and blast through the ship and sirens go off. And it's a bit of a primitive looking ship. You know, it's uh, it's clearly not a, a top level freight, um, top yeah. level liner. I think it's mentioned in the voiceover that these people are frozen in sleep because it's such a shitty spaceship. Yeah. Like it's, and it looks like, you know, it's, it's made of iron girders. And yeah, yeah. It's pretty Grills and grates, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's that sort of thing, industrial looking thing. And it gets damaged and, of course, the emergency system goes off and the computer says, wake up the pilot, wake up the docking someone or other and the and the captain. Yep. And the pilot and the docking cap um, guide or whoever it is, I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. They drop out on the floor, but then, uh, you know, we've, we see these meteorites go shooting through the captain and yep. kill him. So instantly, presumably the leader is dead and the pilot... Fly, I think her name is Carolyn Fly. Yeah, she sort of goes, "Oh, geez, okay, I've got to do something." So she runs up and starts doing her checklist, and she's shouting at the other guy, who's the navigator. And he's the the docking expert or something rather, and he's he's doing some navigation. So, come on, stars, where are you? Show us where you are. Please still be in a shipping major shipping lane. Yeah. And then they go, "Oh shit!" And they look out the window, and they're actually coming into land on a planet. Mm -hmm. And by land, I don't think this is a spaceship that normally lands. No. Uh, it's it's geared up for emergency landing because it had air brakes, which she begins applying as this thing enters the atmosphere. Stuff is breaking off. She's pulling the air brakes out, trying to level the craft out. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that's meant to do. Mm. Uh, I assume it's got some sort of retro thrusters which will slow it down, but it's got to be on the right yeah. angle. Uh, and it's one of one of the the air brakes doesn't work right. It's stuck, and so she goes, "Oh, I'm going to." like eject she starts dropping Ejecting off parts of the bits ship, of the yeah. ship which yep. are clearly ejectable yep and till it's just the uh cryo sleep yeah the passengers yeah and her and then she's she you know reaches back and tries the last the air brake and blah 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 and that gets jammed yeah and the, the so she's going to release them and the co-captain yeah, who that other guy is? Yeah, I can't remember now. It's like I could have sworn who's like the the, the docking pilot. Or yeah, something. The docking, something like that. Anyway, he he stops her, doesn't he? But he blocks the the door, so she can't because she actually does. She pulls the trigger, 
to release yeah, she ends it. Up, she ends up pulling the trigger. Yeah, and the other dude but blocks it. The other guys blocked it. Yeah. So she can't. Uh, and he says, "You've still got seventy seconds to make it work." To make. It. <laughs> and she goes, "Ah!" And starts so like really having a good go at it. Yeah. And sure enough, at the last moment, the air brakes come on and the craft levels out, and then it hits the ground. And it slides and bits and pieces go everywhere. Yeah. Sparks go flying. Everyone's thrown around the place. The the back half of the, the ship gets torn Sucked out off, yeah, and you're seeing off. caskets getting dumped out the back like it's nobody's business. Yeah. Uh, and finally it comes to a rest and Fly wakes up to survey what's going on. The other passengers uh, who, who have survived, the imam and his three pupils who are on pilgrimage Hajj. Yeah. Uh, and then also... The couple of prospectors yep. and an antiquities dealer <laughs> who is clearly a cheapskate because he's taking the cheap seats. Yep. And she finds her co pilot person skewered. Yeah. With, oh, and there's a bounty hunter, of course. Or, or sorry, police officer at that time. Cop at this point, yeah. We, we, yeah, well, as he, as he points out later on in the film, he never actually said he was a police officer. Yeah. But he's wearing a uniform. And he is. He's looking that way. But the co pilot's got a, a stick in him, a splinter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great big chunk of steel going through him and he's he's in a great deal of pain yeah and he shouts out don't pull that lever don't pull yeah. that and and the woman and fly manages to calm him down and it's kind of that thought of everyone's because she was just reaching to grab the bar out of him yeah so people sort of thinking oh okay it's just like clearly he's he doesn't want this bar pulled out yeah and they sort of leave her alone with him and he dies as you'd expect yeah uh, in a great deal of pain as you'd also expect, considering the bit yeah. sticking out of him. So it's, it's it's a good little setup there because Fry, um, she she's you know she's kind of guilty in a way. She's got a guilty conscience about she was going to let them all die. Like she was going to dispose of them yeah. but to keep herself alive to avoid yeah. the ship completely crashing. Um, and actually, even when they were going down, that docking captain even said, "Remember, he says to her as well, like." The company or the, the, yeah, I think he said the company uh, deems it's our responsibility. They're our responsibility, you mm. know? So he's kind of making it really clear. Like if you kill, if you let them go, we're not only going to, we're going to be in trouble, you know, like we're yeah. in, you know, not only like morally, but there will be repercussions as well, yeah. you know? Um, so I thought I really liked that as a, as someone that hadn't seen this film previously. I, I liked that setup yeah, for Fry that straight away, she she had a guilty conscience because she would have let them go and, and she tried to, you know, and, to save her own the, back. The dead guy was actually the hero. Yes, who, yeah. Who risked everything. Yep, and he and he died, but, yeah. And then, in, uh, what was it, almost immediately someone says, oh, well, I, we should just be grateful because you saved us. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's really, oh, thanks. And yeah. everyone's like thanking her for yeah, saving them. Right. And, and she's going, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, no worries about no that. Worries. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And it's and then it, then it's there they realise that um, Riddick has escaped oh, do you as hear that, well. That do not open until Christmas sign has been torn off. <laughs> it's and... been ripped apart. He's somehow gotten out. And the cop who never says he's a cop uh, says you know does let us know that um, you know he's a murderer and he oh, you don't want to know you don't oh, want to know his past and all these sort of things. Um, and he looks for him. And and personally, I, I just said it to you earlier that. It's a great little scene that, that you know, he kind of creeps around and all of a sudden, you know, like he's got the legs around his throat and he's being choked. And, oh, he's jumping, you know. Sorry, Emma? No, I thought that was... 
No, no, because they, they go all wandering. They go wandering first, do they? Oh, okay. Sorry. I am jumping ahead. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they go looking for him and water. That's yeah, right. So they're, Sorry, they're looking yeah, for him and water. And so yeah. they all go up and... Sorry well, to ruin it. I hope you did go and watch it. We gave the spoiler. <laughs> You're not watching it while we're talking, I assume. No, I presume not. That would be annoying. We should do an episode doing that. They were watching yeah. it and to- spoiling the whole movie for you. That's right. Long. But uh, yeah, so they, they go out and have a bit of look around. Yeah. And immediately we go to this really hard filter. Yeah. This, this light is... I'm not sure they they did actually film that in Kubipedia. I've been in Kubipedia in summertime, and I'm not sure how much of a filter they would have had to have used because it feels like that yeah. that sort of white hot light because the ground is you know, white um, limestone gravel type stuff reflects the sun like nobody's business. Well, you just on a cam on any camera, you just open up your iris. Yeah, uh, you know, I I remember a photographer telling me in Australia. You, you've got to shoot a couple of stops down, meaning that, you know, your iris is smaller. And um, if you just open it up, like, it is blaring, you know, you're just going to yeah. get that white. So that you wouldn't even be able to open it up here anyway in the middle of the day, for example, normally. So let alone if you're in, like, a desert location with all yeah, of that I, light. I, I remember visiting Kubipedia and it was just, it's so bright. And, I mean, it wasn't especially hot. And I say that, in relative terms, yeah, it was in the high 30s centigrade, but you didn't feel yeah. it looked hotter than it felt, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, it yeah. looked like you're inside an oven, and, and but it didn't, didn't actually feel that way. I think it's because it's so dry as well, yeah. you don't get that humidity. But nonetheless, so we've got this really bright, harsh thing, and everyone's squinting and it's all yeah. glary. And they climb up and they look out, and they and we're following is the name Fry or Fly? Fry. Fry. It is Fry. Okay. It is Fry. Carolyn Fry. <laughs> oh, Kazza. We, we follow her perspective. She climbs up and, and one of the guys says to her, uh, we were going to go back and look for survivors, but then we saw this. And they look, there's this trail of destruction heading off to the horizon. Yeah. And it's just, it's clear from that that any survivors are going to be a long way away if there's any at all. Yeah. And there was one. Yeah. But they go, they go, okay, well, let's go looking. Yeah. Keep your eye out for Riddick because he's going to rip you apart and yeah. skull fuck you. I think they that's was right. the term said. Like, <laughs> it is. Isn't I, it? I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably never actually has done that. <laughs> but still, well, you he, never know. You never the know. The images, I mean. oh, you know, he was in the slam where they told him he'd never see the light again. So they they go off searching around. Um, so they went looking for I mean, I just water. saw this the other night. Yeah, I only saw it last night. So this is how bad... Yeah, they go um, looking for water and they, they see the trees. Yeah, they see the trees. They say, there's a trees where there's trees, there's water. Yeah. And the imam says, oh, Allah provides yeah, or something yeah. or other. Yeah. And this is a great bit where they turn up because they, they see trees off in the distance in the little binoculars. So they wander on up over this hill and as they yeah. crest, they find it. They're not trees. They're actually like this, the weird skeletal outgrowths of these enormous dead beasts. Yeah, no, see, I was right what I was saying before. Oh. Because he is captured twice. So he's that the first time he's in the ship. Before they go looking. Yeah. Oh, because okay. then he, and then he does the dislocating of the shoulders. Yeah, trip. crunch. And then that's oh, when he goes, yeah. dis, then he's just Okay, so, yeah, so let's quickly so. just retcon that yeah. in there. And <laughs> they're wandering out. I was right the first time. They, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> so the, the cop's in the ship and Riddick's, Chokes him out with his, or tries yeah. to choke him out with his legs. Because again, you don't. That's what I was saying. Like at that point, you don't see. You we still haven't don't seen. See We've only, like you're, you're seeing these little bits of him. You're not seeing. Him, yeah, we only know him as some badass. Yeah, and he's got like the um, 
it's like the sex thing, isn't it? It's like he's got he's a, got a ball gag a on, ball and... gag, yeah. you know, he's got that fully going on, and the gla- and because he's got the glasses on, you yeah, don't really see much yeah. of him. So there's a bit of a struggle there. The, the, the bounty hunter manages to get him at gunpoint, yeah, and um, tie him up. And there's a nice moment there because he he again, you still don't really see Vin Diesel or Riddick much, but the bounty hunter, like after the fight, he he sort of smirks. Yeah, and 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 that's because you know later we're going to find out a bit more about the you know the whole yeah, reason why you the can see they've got a bit of history. There's a bit of history going on there. And there's a little kind, of, and I like again I liked that. It's like the cop at this point. I'm thinking, oh, he's a cop, whatever, and um, you know, transporting this dangerous prisoner, and it's like, you know, he's sort of like, oh, you got me again, but I got you. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a good challenge for me, you know, and it's kind of I liked that, you know. Uh, yeah, so anyway, anyway. Riddick so, does escape and disappears off. He does escape again. Uh, running towards the setting sun, I think he yeah. says. Oh, it's, or rather, his manacles, his bond bound, his bondage gear is <laughs> off towards the setting sun. And so the cops as well, he went off towards the rising yeah. sun then. Yeah. And so they, they find the these the skeletons of these enormous creatures, like like huge creatures. Yeah. They walk, they're walking through rib cages type yeah. big. Yeah. And we, as they're walking through there, looking about the place, you get little catch glimpses of Riddick hiding. You do watching, and he's just observing. Yeah. And Carolyn Fry, the the pilot, she sits down by some rib cage, and takes a slug of some whiskey because that's all that they've got in the way of uh, to drink. She says, "I probably shouldn't drink this because it'll just dehydrate you." And little known fact is, it does dehydrate you, but you won't die of thirst by drinking. Unless you drink pure alcohol, but drink, drinking yeah, wine and, and whiskey, yeah. you won't actually die of thirst. You'll probably f- wish you did yeah. because you won't be feeling very good, but your body will scavenge enough water out of it. But anyway, so she's there at the ribcage and Riddick is coming up behind her. He's got like a, some sort of sharp tooth claw yeah. thing. And he, it's like a shiv. He's like, yeah, he's, like, he's instantly got himself a shiv and, and he's going up. And, and I remember watching this first time thinking uh, it was quite tense. And it's like, oh, God, it's. Yeah, you know, is she going to die because she, because you know, yeah, she made that mistake. Yeah. So classically, she would die. Uh, the cop would die as well, uh, and it would just be. Uh, I imagine the imam was going to die because he would have to. What at least one of the kids was going to survive. Yeah. And someone else, but anyway, the innocence. Yeah. So anyway, the, and and then she starts sort of. I think she confesses. Yeah, she is. She She's confesses confessing. that she was going to pull the thing and kill yeah. everyone. And that stops and, him. Yeah, and Riddick sort of pulls the knife away and he's like, ooh, this just got interesting. Yeah, and he cuts a bit of her hair. Yeah, a bit of a hair and sniffs Gives it a it. sniff. <laughs> Which, to be fair, he's probably been locked in prison for a long yeah. time. He probably doesn't have the greatest social graces. And that's as probably close to him saying, hello, my name yeah. is Riddick. I'm pleased <laughs> to meet you. Yeah. As he's going to get. Sniff your, I'm going to sniff a chunk of your hair. Yeah, I'm going to sniff your hair. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and I like that. That was another beautiful little little peek in it sort of added a bit of complexity to Riddick the fact yeah, that did. he heard this confession and I'm not sure if he was going to kill her right then and there yeah. or not but but he definitely backed away yeah. and then changed to what he was going to do and and I thought that was that was um just really cool and it was that was the yeah. start of I think him being sympathetic is the fact that we've been told he's just this psycho killer and the build up to that I was expecting part of the story was going to be Trying to escape from Riddick, yeah, and part from aliens, yeah, a bit and of they're going to be sort of stuck between the two of them, yeah, yeah, and you know, 
as it turned out though, you got this this little. That's almost a save the cat moment, isn't it? it? Is, it's yes. like that moment where you suddenly realise that Riddick is is not just he's not just murderous. A, he's thinking, yeah. and you know, so far we don't actually you realise you don't actually know anything about him no. except what this cop has told us. Yeah, yeah. So far he hasn't actually tried to hurt anyone. Yep. Except the cop, uh, but then the cop had a gun. So you know, so that, so that was very cool. And they they leave there and and continue exploring. Yeah. In the meantime, one of the prospectors, tremendously Australian. Not only does he have a tremendous Australian accent, he's yeah. actually an Aboriginal Australian. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, he is super Australian. He's actually doing the nice thing and trying to bury the bodies. Yeah. Because and, and I'm thinking to myself, that is a, a real waste of your time. Like, it is. I don't know. I, I guess some people, that's... Yep, that would be what they'd want to do, if, I suppose. If if, I know, and I was thinking about this at the time. I was thinking, I've, I've grown up without any death. You're not even like livestock or anything yeah. like that. So it's kind of, I, I don't have any inbuilt or ingrained rituals or ceremony or yeah. Yeah. appreciation. I, I've not been to, I've not been to any funerals even. Right. So, you know, if people died in a crash like that, yeah, I'd sort of pull them away from, pull their bodies away from where I'm staying. But like, I'm looking around, there's, there's no vultures or coyotes yeah. or anything. There's not like we're going to be drawing. So. Yeah, why, why am I wasting oxygen and water yeah. and effort when I should be trying to get oxygen and water and shelter, you know? So he's off digging um, a pits. A big grave. Uh, I think he's just digging the one pit. Yeah, he is. I think he's being at least sensible enough to just go for a mass grave rather than trying to <laughs> do individual ones. And he, he he digs down and finds like a little little hole. Yeah. In the meantime, the other guys, they find a... A research settlement. Yeah, yeah. They found an old building, and there's and they they go through it, and they like it's abandoned. There's yep. nothing there, uh, but Fry finds a spaceship. Yes, like a little like a spacecraft of some little, sort. Yeah, little, a little small little one. landing ship. Yeah, and so they're like, "Whoo, yeah, we've yeah. got an, an escape." Yeah, and they also find like it looks like something that might make water. Um, mm. You know, they, they sort of look at the a machine that kind of maybe makes it's got a tap at the end of it and a spinning thing, and they're, so, so they're sort of they're finding these little bits of, you know, obviously people lived here at some point. Yeah, and, and we get ourselves uh, back to uh, back to grave digger, and he's got this little hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Ooh, what's that?" And he he pokes his head in there and. <laughs> Which of course is what you would do. He he reaches in and then he's like just he's screaming. Something's, something's got him and, yeah, and drags him in there and everyone comes and running. Yeah, and they all turn up and there's Riddick squatting over yeah. this hole, holding a shiv. Yeah, and he just kind of looks up <laughs> and you and he sees like, you can't see his eyes, but you know he's thinking this doesn't look good, does no, it? it yeah, like, just, this is not how I want it to be. <laughs> so Riddick gets this is his second capture where he's he's chained up and. And in that, Fry questions him. Fry questions him. This is a fantastic scene, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Where Vin Diesel is like, uh, is very terse with his answers, saying that yeah. something else. A bit cryptic. Something else got him. And, and she then, doesn't believe him. And she and... says, you know, uh, ask about his eyes. Because yeah. his goggles are off and he's got like a, a shine to shine his to eyes. It. Yeah, it's a weird. And thing. so she asks about it and he says, come closer, come closer. <laughs> and she comes up close and then he jumps up and goes, rah. In her face, to scare her, and but shows his eyes, which yeah definitely have like sort of a weird shine on them. He, the story is that they were surgically in a surgical shine job. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, because then we have that young, um, you know, male slash female character, kind Jack. of, yeah, Jack is kind of lurks in the darkness and is like, oh, really? You know, like, yes. oh, cool. How much does that cost? And uh, how do you get that done? And why would you do that? And so he kind of, yeah, he, he says basically a, he was a chunk was, of information about it. He was thrown in a, he's, he admitted that he killed a few people. Yeah. And he was thrown into Slam. Yeah. Some sort of terrible prison. Yeah. The, where he would basically underground. Yep. And he would never see light again. So he got a surgical shine job. Yeah. Um, so he could see in the dark. Which, which it really gave me the feeling that there's these prisons are prison worlds. Yeah, yeah. With big underground, you know, prisons, mining mm-hmm. colonies perhaps. Yep, yep. With their own economies and, and their own their own society made up entirely of murderers and criminals. So then Fry goes, you know, okay, we've got a plan. Okay, he's saying there's something else out there. So she goes back to the hole with everyone else, ties a rope around her, and she goes crawling into this I, same I, hole. I remember watching that going, is that the best idea? Yeah, like, I know, I know. You always see this in these kind of films and you think, what the hell are I mean, you yeah, doing? If, you know? if this were just but, like you exploring like an old mine or something, yeah. not expecting there to be anything in there yeah yeah i suppose because it would mean then that if you fell down a dead you know yeah. a, a shaft or yeah whatever and people could follow it to find yeah. you back and that's the thing but but maybe you know we know the tropes of uh, but, horror movies yeah and, and and i see there's a couple of moments in this film because we've also talked about them like it, it, the and i'll come back to it with the lighting like a little bit it was a little bit 2001 I felt like that moment in this film was a bit alien that, you know, because the captain in mm. Alien, he, you know, he goes off, doesn't he? And it's that famous scene, you know, like... Yeah, sort of crouching through And at the same time in that film, like, why does he why does he go up into the vents? You know, he's the captain. He's sort of... And I think she felt that in this scene that she was responsible. You've got to go look in the captain. She's still trying to... Yeah, so you can, I suppose, maybe sometimes you know, there's a bit of responsibility on the people that are the captains and the leaders that they kind of have to put their neck out a bit. But see, I think this is all leading into what uh, was actually popular about this film, yeah. rather more so than the, as I said, the, the alien horror yeah. thriller type aspects here, is the the movie here, again, it's about this sort of inner look uh, of, of guilt yeah. and redemption and, um, you know, the, the sort of, bad things that we can do yeah. and fear of who we really are. Yeah, yeah. And so here's, this is just the start of that. And this theme of, uh, you know, as I said, re- redemption and, and guilt and anger and fear and all that, it builds and builds to the end where you have the, the, um, the finale. Yeah, the finale, yeah. Which is, is my favourite scene towards the end there. I'll, I'll tell you about when yeah. we get to it. But, but yeah, f- for sure, she's going in there because she, crawls in there. she had to go in there. It's quite, um, uh, I was thinking it's, it was really typically set for a teenage boy audience that because she's like on all fours, <laughs> she's got a rope, like, and it's always on these funny things sometimes, you, you like it's just a her, rope. You see down her shirt. You and see and straight down her top. I'm like, trying to be a, gro- a grown up <laughs> yeah, yeah. adult, you know, and about the whole thing, but nonetheless, I'm sort of looking going, you can see your boobies. Yeah, there's a lot of boobies there. And, and then like, Mitchell. then, then she, as she sort of. Ducking down on all fours yeah. through the she's thing, crawling, wearing her tight bending, pants, and you know. you're sort of going, "It's it's it's always like you know, oh, what's it's um, a it's a horror trope." Yeah, it? it's a horror trope that we're going to see some boobs, and uh, you know, so 
being that Rada Mitchell is the, you know, the captain here and she's doing it. Well, she's got to be in something super tight and bendy and yeah. stretching. So the tunnel is sort of, you know, when Zeke got pulled down there by the animals, it's all like, ah, blood and guts and yeah. rocks and stuff. <laughs> You're not seeing anything sexy there, whereas she's like she's creeping down and you know she's all curvy and smooth. Oh, that would have been and, interesting if it's like, you know, so like Zeke sort of he's, he crawls down there, his shirt falls open, you yeah, see you his see muscles, a bit of rippled chest. Well, and, there is films that do that, sorry, but not this one. Crawls so, yeah. forward a bit and <laughs> um, waves so, his butt in the air in his tight jeans. You go hmm. So beside that, and then you can do that as an adult and joke a little bit about. But it is a very tense scene, you know. She, you know, that something's well, it, down there, and she's does, creeping down. And... Uh, it does provide a bit of a juxtaposition because you've got this sort of, uh, and it's not overtly sexual, no. but nonetheless, it, it is a bit provocative. Yeah, it is provocative, and it it is a way of, um, you know, heightening your senses and awareness. It is, and it's kind of that that as a juxtaposition between this vulnerability, yeah. And the horror, you know, yeah. and and the danger she's going into, the fact mm. that she's she's only got a flight suit on. Yeah, it's not very protective. And as we can well see, yeah, we can uh, see a lot of her. But, but yeah, I, I think um, despite being a bit exploitative, it does also add yeah, to exactly, the tension. Course. Yeah, yeah, because you're sort of going, uh, I shouldn't be. This this is kind of a bit scarier. Why yeah. am I finding it also? You know, you're, you're mating that scariness with a bit of sort of sexuality. You and are, it's just, yeah, it's a good old technique of horror. Really. Oh, it's it's great. Um, and she crawls into this. This nest. She basically, we don't know it's a nest at the no. time, but she crawls in these tunnels. Well, I think as an audience, we sort of do. I think we kind of, because <laughs> they had a look and they, like, they saw the on. little chimneys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And that was highlighted as being, well, that's a bit odd. Yeah. But, you know. But anyway, so she gets to the bottom. And again, like, um, not Predator, Alien. like Alien, she's looking one way and this thing is on the roof, isn't it? And, yeah. And, and it's a bit it, more obvious than Alien. Yeah, but, you but can first see you don't there. see it until it moves. No. And then you go, oh, hang on. Yeah. and it's But the clever thing here is it's moving and she's not seen it. So they're giving us as an audience like a terror moment, aren't they? Because you're like, oh, God, is she, what's going to happen? Is she just going to get her head ripped off? Or, well, that's that you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock when he talks about just between shock and tension yep. or whatever it is where it says, you know, two guys sitting at a table and a bomb goes off. Mm. That's that's a bit of shock. But two guys sitting at a table and you've got the camera angle low and you can see the bomb mm. and there's a clock ticking down on it. Yep. That's the tension. The two guys don't know it's there, but the audience knows it's the there knows, and it's yeah. going to strike. Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing. Is it? So she's going up there and, and she starts, I think she does, she sort of sees movement and yeah. things and she freaks. Well, then she sees Zeke's oh, his foot. foot. Yes. Just his foot. Dismembered you know? foot. Yeah. So it's all bloody and, so, and ripped yeah. apart. So she freaks out and climbs up on those chimneys. Yeah. And this is immediately where I remember watching it going, yeah, that rope around your waist yeah. probably... Probably not an asset at this no, point. No, If she's like pulling on it and they go, oh, she wants to yeah. come out. <laughs> pull her back through. That's yeah. what I thought was going to happen. I did too, yeah. She, she climbed up though and, and I guess the monsters must have grabbed it and started, yeah, started yanking, pulling, pulling it. it down. And, yeah. And But she screams and screams, you know, help me, help me, I'm in here. Yeah, and, and, they, they, and they dig in and they pull her they out. They pull her and, out of that one. And you get that just that moment of, <sighs> and then yeah. the rope goes tight and she goes, <laughs> and yeah. gets pulled back towards it, just about flies down there. I, so, I was thinking that whole time, like, cut the bloody rope. Yeah, you know? get that rope. Just like, just cut it. Like, get rid of it. Like, why would you hold on to that rope? Yeah, so they managed to yeah, cut off and, they and she's safe. Yeah. And they go, oh, don't know what was in there. That was pretty bad. And, and I mean, we've, we've sort of seen a bit of the alien creature. It's sort of 
a bit reptilian. It's kind of, um, it's not, it, you know, what, what do you reckon? Like, is it the size of a human or half a human or something? Yeah, that, like, the ones and was, it can the creep ones on the wall and it's got a bit of a tail and it's got obviously a forked got, tail. Yeah, yes, full tail, like yeah. and it's and it's obviously can climb, clamber up the walls upside down and up and, and it's fast. So we're sort of you know we've been given a bit about the creature without too much. Yeah, so so that's where they they go back to the the huts. Mm. Uh, they do, and then and then what's going on is the cop is doing a deal with Riddick at this point to let him go. Yeah, because they've got this spaceship. Yeah, and they 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 need five. Cells, cells, power cells, power cells, and they're like, well, they're thirty-five kilos each. We're gonna yeah. drag these things here. You're a big dude. <laughs> yeah, they go. Well, we've got a, you know, a prisoner here who'll drag this shit. Yeah, yeah, and and then he will survive. We can make the deal that well, Riddick died on this planet and the crash. Yeah, and Riddick agrees to do that, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, there there is that moment where the cop points. Oh, yeah, says, remember this moment. Yeah. So I could have killed you and I didn't. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, Riddick sort of is released from the, the shackles yeah. and immediately grabs, snatches the gun and knocks the cop down and points the gun at Riddick's face. And there's a tense moment. And you can see Riddick's probably considering it. He's going, he's calculating. He should have said, remember this moment. <laughs> and, well, that, that's what he says in it. He's, yeah. He says, yeah, now you remember this moment. Yeah. And he doesn't <laughs> say the rest of the line, but leaves yeah. it. And, and that's, that's one of those beautiful one-liners where you're just like, yeah, and again, that wins the audience because again, yeah. he's merciful. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. And he's a bit of a smart aleck. Yeah, yeah. And the, so I mean, and this was about the point where I was starting to actually like Riddick. Yeah, you you are because initially yeah. it was kind of like he's a bit, bit fearsome, blah, 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 and then he he doesn't kill a woman, just cuts her hair, and you go, oh yeah, and then you see he he was framed by the monsters. He wasn't killing Zeke. He just watched it. Yeah, yeah, and. He got framed, so you're going, oh, that's yeah. a bit unjust. And then this scene where he's, you know, doesn't shoot the cop, and then just yeah. immediately, yeah, he's got a gun. He could kill the cop. He could just, he's, he's got all the ammo. Yeah. Kill everyone else. Take the power cells. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, if he's just a serial killer, like he would just yeah. kill the cop, wouldn't he? He would just start killing them. You know, yeah. Like, but why would there's he? There's clearly more to his motivation, yeah. which which is what made made you start to like him. Yeah. And so then after that deal, we sort of have a, it's not quite a montage, but we sort of have, you know, like they, she starts working on the plane, you know, the plane starts operating, you know, she's doing tests and those sorts mm. of things. They get that machine running with the water and they actually have water for the first time. Yeah. Um, she also, Fry, sees a, um, oh, was it like a solar system like model? astrolabe yeah. or a, I don't know what they call these things. I don't know what they call it. A little, a little mechanical model. Of, of, the of the planet they're on kind system, of thing. Yeah. Um, they're sort of discovering that these people were geologists, you know, and, the, you know, they, they sort of had, they left stuff behind. And so there's kind of, you know, it's not, not a happy la-la moment, but it is like they're having a bit of a, a win, I guess, in the environment. Yeah, this, this is the, the this building, is the one win. <laughs> building a solution sort yeah. of mode where, where you can see, okay, they've got a plan. I can, as the audience, it means that you can see that this movie has a direction. Yeah. It's yeah. from this point up to this point. There's sort of the exploration. They weren't really sure. And yeah. From this point, you go, okay. Now they just have to, you know, they've got some water and things. Yeah. They've just got to get themselves a bit of supplies together. Yeah. Onto get the that ship, plane going. Get the power cells yeah. to and the plane. Yeah. And they're golden. Yeah. So also, as the, yeah. also as the audience, you know, yeah. it's not going to be that easy. But now you know the direction they're headed. You know what the goal is. Yeah. And there's a lot of movies out there which fail 
to strongly enough tell you what the goal is. Yeah. And so you're kind of wondering why people are doing things. But this one, this one you knew. And, so and, and again, like, I know we haven't kind of talked about all the characters in depth or anything, but you and I have spoken about this on many films where, you know, and Predator did it, Predator did it so well that here's this team of commandos and they all had their individual quirks. They all had relationships. Um, this film, again, you know, you've chucked a bunch of characters in a room you know, mm. onto this planet. They're stuck together. How are they going to work together? You know, what, what are they going to do well, not well? But I think this film did it well, did it right again, you know, because mm. the char- they weren't a team. They were all, they all had reasons to be on that ship, you know, yeah. and then they all had strengths and weaknesses, blah, blah, blah. So it, it did work in this film, sorry, I think, again, like it was a good mix of characters. Yeah. You know, because they sort of all had that complexity of they all had their you know strengths and weaknesses, and that that shone really quickly. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is actually one of those secret gems that were missed by the sequel makers. Yeah, the fact that the strength of this movie is not in the special effects, it's not in the cutting necessarily, or even some of the dialogue, but rather the fact that you you build this um, scene or, the, or this dynamic between the characters because yeah. we we get uh, at this point here riddick comes on board yeah the ship and kind of this kind of a tense moment of intimate almost intimidation where yeah he's he's sussing stuff out and he's looking and uh i believe yeah she'd been told the copper told her that riddick was a pilot yeah and had killed you know a pilot of the transport ship and stolen the transport ship that's how he escaped yeah so there's this moment, just, and just after that, he pops on board <laughs> with Fry, and and basically sort of looks her over, and and, you, and she's like closing stuff off to yeah, hide, trying to hide some information. But he, he he's he's seen like the diagnostics run, yeah. and he's going okay. Yeah. And there's a, there's a tense moment there where you're wondering, okay, he could is this where he snaps her neck, or is he mm. let it continue? Yeah. And then he starts to leave, and I think he just sort of says over shoulders, says, you know, uh, ask your friend, what's the Johnson. Johnson, yeah. The, um, yeah, yeah, ask your friend Johnson why he's shaking yeah. and ask him why your friend had to die in so much pain. Yeah, yeah. And, and why he wants to keep me, something like that. Yeah, I think. yeah. I mean, why, you know, I'm worth far more alive yeah, than that's dead. Yeah, that's what it is. It's that classic kind of line. And then he walks off, you know. So he hasn't killed her. Yeah. Know. Yeah, it was a good scene, that scene, because the, the way they did it as well is she's, she sort of scurries around hiding information, but she also... He's behind her the whole time, you know, mm. so he has the power over her, you know, and he's a much bigger man as well anyway. But, you know, like it's quite overtly, you know, like he's behind her. He's, so he's got the if, drop on her. He, if he really wanted to, mm. and she almost, it's almost like she's testing that a little bit as well, I think, you know. Yeah, it um, kind of pushes him a little. Pushes it a little bit and, and we're pushed and he pushes her back but doesn't attack. So, again, mm. it's, as you said earlier, it's pretty much... Because he's set up as such a bad guy at the start of the film. We, as an audience, are told he's a bad guy, murderer, blah, blah, blah. And we don't see much about it. So he lurks in the shadows and that. We think he's the bad guy. So once he does start appearing in the film properly, the whole time he's basically pushing us a little bit, isn't he, yeah. as an audience? Like, am I a bad guy? And we Do can you see really that, believe I'm a bad we guy? We can see he's quite calculating, considered, yeah. and you know, he... he he sees this and he goes, oh, yeah, okay, I'm thinking about these things. And then he, he tosses this bit of information to her, you know, a bit of political mm. uh, intrigue, basically. So you've got to think, uh, when he killed these people that he, he went to prison for, 
you're starting to think there must have been a reason. There was like, this a bit wasn't, more going on. This yeah. wasn't just some rando murderer. Uh, you know, something's going on. So he, they, he probably does deserve to be in prison, but yeah. But maybe he's not such a. But, but yeah, that's, maybe he's just made some bad choices, got stuck in some bad situations. That's what you're thinking. But yeah, so she but, confronts uh, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Who who has just dropped or stuck a needle in his eye, tear duct or something dreadful. <laughs> Is yeah. a is a is a morphine addict. Yeah, uh, it doesn't call it morphine necessarily. No, I, or maybe he does say morphine. He does say morphine. I can't remember yeah. if he does. I I get the impression it's morphine. Yeah, and it, he's got like a, this box of ammo, but it's actually not ammo. It's little ampules of his drug of choice. Yeah, and he he kind of jokes jokes it off as a good addict, which is like oh, a bit of caffeine in the morning kind of thing. Yeah, you, know, you, like, you have your coffee in the morning. Yeah, I'm having mine morning and night sort of thing. Um, yeah, so he's a druggie, and in this bit, it's also revealed that he's not a cop and that he's a bounty he's hunter. About, he's a he's a drug addicted bounty hunter. Yeah, it's implied that he's going for Riddick's bounty because it'll keep him in drugs. Yeah, like he'll pay for his drugs. And and I think I think she asks him, you know what. What do you have that's so great in your life? Mm, yeah. You know, your next hit. Yes. Yeah. And he doesn't have a comeback to that. No. Because I think I think maybe he thinks that might be a bit true. Yeah. And again, here there's a Blake Schneider scene, sorry. I think that follows that scene, um, which is the Pope in the pool. Because what happens is we have one of the little boys kind of goes off investigating the base. Mm. And at the same time... Uh, Fry and that are kind of uh, she's kind of telling us information, a lot of exposition, a lot of yeah. information has to come forward about. Hang on, I saw that the planets, I saw that little that planetarium, yeah, whatever no. the bloody things those are called, and there's something, uh, and these miners, these were miners, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, and she's uh, sort of putting the pieces. And, and Riddick says, "Do you really think they left their coats, their clothes they, on know, the hooks, like, would and you the photos leave the everything walls? here?" I, look, on a side note, I did think that if they discovered the monsters and let's say there's a mothership and you were like, fuck me, get down here, we're going to get off. Like, yeah, you would leave things on, you know. Yeah. So I did sort of think, well, you know, maybe. Yeah. But so, but there's a great moment here because the boy is, we, we're kind of intercut between the adults all discussing this and the boy's investigating and, you know, he's opening doors and all this sort of stuff. And he comes across this, like, massive group of... Um, the creatures, but they're baby, little, they're little baby ones, yeah. you know, like, and they're like bats, really. Um, and he's kind of sent into a cupboard uh, with with the bats, I Which think. Which has some bigger ones or something. Which has some bigger ones because he gets in there and he's like, ah, and he's attacked. Um, and uh, it, before that, you know, uh, Fry says she's discovered the core rings that the miners were looking at and it was 22 years ago. Yes. And so it's kind of like conveniently, oh. yeah, conveniently, twenty-two years ago. And then she goes back to the planetarium, and she circles around, and she circles back to twenty-two years, and it happens to be an eclipse where yes. the planet, uh, which is kind of a bit like Saturn, yeah, with rings and that, okay, it, it's going to be blocking them from the three suns. Well, that are in yeah, the solar it was, system. well, there was a moon that there was would a cover moon on one well, side, yeah. and the. Yeah, this big planet would yeah. block. But basically, it will mean that they will be then in pitch black. They'll be in pitch black. Just it's, so happens that they're it's a bit crash of a, landed on this course, planet. <laughs> there's a bit of a course set up the whole. These rings yeah. are 22 years old. Yeah. And it's like, and that's like a real, that's our horror trope too, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it was 13 years ago yeah. on this very night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Where it was rainy and stormy. 
thunderclap in the background. Yeah, that's right. And have you know like yeah. and yeah, so it's because I, I, like, I, I even automatically you're thinking you guys have crash landed on this planet exactly at the time that an eclipse is going to happen. Twenty two every does it happen every twenty two years? Okay, it happens every twenty two years. And you've happened to crash there the moment it's about to happen. Well, the interesting thing about that, I think, though... But then, you know... Because uh, I was wondering, it could have been, you know, every six months this mm. happens. Yeah. In which case, yeah, yeah, odds are up high. It could be every two weeks. But even, I suppose, when you think about every 22 years, it actually is pretty reoccurring, isn't it? Like, well, in, the, in astronomical terms, yeah, but, yeah. but the, the significance, the scientific significance of a 22 years... Uh, well, the 22 is not particularly significant, but rather you saw the, the complex movement of these three suns yeah. and this planet. It meant it was a very slow um, you know, retrograde of yeah. that planet, which meant that once they did come into eclipse, it would still be, it'd be a very slow, it could be days or weeks long yeah. eclipse. Whereas the moon uh, and the earth, we've got like a 24-hour cycle. Yeah, the, earth, the, the moon uh, orbits around us every 28 days or yeah. whatever it is. And the eclipse happens. Whereas this is much slower, uh, you know, yeah. Rarely. From, from that model. Whereas this takes 22 years for this alignment to occur and the alignment stays in alignment for, for some a, a time. For a while, yeah. yeah. As, as the imam says, he says, uh, it would be lasting darkness. That was my imam impersonation. Yeah. So it kind of leads, you know, they've discovered this. So they, they, the, the boy, they discover the boy, they discover the bats, you know, they, or the baby alien things, um, you know, and they also discover the miners, or skeleton. Yeah, they find the, the core in room. It's like yeah. there's a pit going and down. They and... sort of said, oh, they probably hid in here thinking it was the safest room, but obviously they still got eaten. Yeah, um, waiting. Because someone says, oh, let's just wait this out. Yeah. How long could it last? So it's a good midpoint of the movie because it's actually right on the 50% point of this movie is basically they've realised all this. And yeah. it's panic stations because it's like... We need to get the hell off. Well, it's great because you've got their goal, which yep. is charge up the ship and fly off. And if nothing else happened, that's easy. Now you've got a time clock. Yeah, now now it's happening now. Now it's the like, eclipse okay. Eclipse is about to happen. You've got to race against the clock. You don't know how long until this eclipse happens. So they go get their solar-powered car, which is which is a nice touch. And it plays off this dark and light. And as I said, uh, I think the, the true uh, joy of this movie, the, the, the bit that really actually speaks to you even if you're not aware of it is the fact that they use this they've got a very heavy psychological mo uh, motif going through here yeah they do they do of uh and now you've got you know light you got 22 years of of bright light and it never sets and the, the sun's never set you know, in fact there's that nice scene where they've watched oh it's setting oh at least we get some relief and the, yeah. and the other one rises yeah. and you go oh shit really yeah. uh so so you got this yeah 22 years and then you've got dark and yeah. when the dark comes it's a shitstorm. Yeah, and and that and that's sort of this mirror of I guess of um, psychology, oh, and well, mental health, yeah. and yeah, and they jump on their solar powered car, which is going to help them, and and that as well is sort of a bit of a theme there of it's a solar powered car, and of course they get back to their crash ship and they load everything on there, and then the, the solar cells die because it the eclipse comes and they find themselves in darkness. Yeah, it's a beautiful shot. Like you see the rings. You know, the mm. rings of that Saturn planet. Yeah, and nice they, they all sort of, this is a, they really quickly, it's gone, you know, they, they were at panic stations because they knew that they didn't have long. But all of a sudden now it's like the sun starts flickering and those rings, you know, I really liked that. Yeah, I thought that was cool special effects. And 
they played with the light again, which well, they I'm do. I'm wondering if scene. you might say this is similar to the, the scene where Fry is crawling in. Yeah. You've got this beauty versus the yeah, horror maybe. that's coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going, oh, that's a really nice it eclipse. Like, but if there wasn't an alien light. monster going to come kill us, <laughs> that would actually be quite spectacular. Yeah. People would come here. Tourists would come here every 22 years. They would to For see the that. opportunity <laughs> to see this. You know, they go, oh, that's really nice. Uh, mind. You, you know, would get, just need some. Now get in the armoured tank. Yeah, know? that's right. You would just need something that's uh, like a glass, you know, like a cage dive in for great white sharks. Yes. You, know, you need something that's going to protect you but they they there is a nice moment there and then at the same time there's the you know it's great impending doom darkness is coming you know the other the other reminds you of those sort of vampire films you know like where the sun sets well in fact it even looked like the bats coming out of the yeah well it did didn't it yeah there's a there's a beautiful thing and and uh, again i'd love to be able to talk to the the director's writers on this because the solar powered car didn't just have solar panels it had like this dome with this little spinny thing Mm. in it and as the sunlight faded, this thing slowed down. So you, slow. you've got this visual of solar power. Yeah, you know, yeah. When these things are spinning, and it's and it's the same technology in all these other bits yeah, and pieces. Yeah. And they found a robot toy or something. Yeah. All these bits and pieces. And so as it, you know, Jack's polishing the dome to try and get as much sun in there as possible, and it just winds down and stops. So you can visually see as the audience, they're not getting any more solar power. Their hope has just died. Yeah. And that was just, it's this nice uh, connection there. And, and it's, it's those sort of features that I think, uh, there are some rough cuts in this. I, I've got to say the Zeke being pulled in the cave was a bit uh, 80s retro style. Yeah, it was. And there's a few other scenes that are kind of a bit rough and I'm watching it the other night. I was going, hmm, hmm, okay, that's, that was seemed a bit like unplanned maybe. <laughs> like they weren't sure and they just tried to cut it as best they could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's these details like the fact they have these solar panels which actually have moving parts. Yeah. No, which I think, then I think the slowed is, and stopped and you go, oh, it's, yeah. it's really effective. I mean, I agree with what you're saying with the rushness, but I, th- I think they deliberately did that. I, I think uh, it was something sure, like, there was, like uh, the deli- that editing was a deliberate choice, you know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like it wasn't so there's, much There's like one a, scene in particular where it gave me such a rush of nostalgia. And it, it, it comes later on when Riddick and Johnson face off and they're about to fight. And you've got this sudden almost strobe cut between Riddick's yeah. eyes and Johnson's yeah, eyes. Riddick's eyes, like, Johnson's eyes. And it went, and it's like, that reminded me of like these movies like American Ninja or some of these other 80s sort of action films. And I'm not sure, like, it didn't quite go far after sort of, Made me think they're paying homage, but it it definitely used it that there. that effect. Yeah. Anyway, so they get stuck. They go hide in like well, it's like a shipping container type of thing. Yeah. Uh, the and these Look. the bats are coming, and Riddick and the yeah. last prospector woman whose yeah. name I can't remember the other Australian woman. Yeah, yeah. They come running back and jump to the ground, and the, As the these bats things fly swoop over them. top yeah. of them. And then it's sort of silent, and Riddick is sitting there. He's not moving, and the woman's not moving. And, and the others saying, say, "Don't move! Yeah, don't hold, move!" Because hold, hold, obviously, still. there's more coming. And Riddick's just sitting there, and the woman starts moving, and you can almost see Riddick sort of going, "No, don't, don't. no!" Yeah. Uh, but he's not moving. He just nah. sit, and she gets she makes it, a run for it, yeah. runs for it, and she gets slaughtered. She gets yeah. ripped ripped apart. Ripped her body apart is in the air, torn in half, awesome. and her corpse is displayed past everyone. Which it is, is. A wonderful bit of shock. And then he just stands up because they've all gone. Yeah, no, they've they've got their feed, <laughs> and he gets up and walks in, and and you can see everyone's, everyone's a bit ticked off. About everyone's that. a bit resentful. Yeah, that they were. he survived. They were, which they were. I thought was a bit unfair, and I think yeah. maybe it plays in the in the audience 
plays up plays up the fact so the audience actually likes Riddick more. Well, He's a bit I, more sympathetic to him. Yeah, because... like, why, why are you pissed off at him? Yeah, yeah. She's the one who panicked. He just yeah. held his cool. So anyway. But it's a bit of that deservability of who should... Yeah. Know, back to Fry's real dilemma because she was killing the others to save herself. You yeah. know? Like, And again, that's a similar situation. Everyone's judging Riddick like you're not as valuable as her because you're a murderer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's back to that question, isn't it? The thematic question of the yeah, film. Yeah, and, and and again, I think this is that's where the strength of this mm. film lies. And so they, they lock themselves in this container. There's a bit of a tense moment there and they, they decide that light, they need as much light as they can and they yep. have to make a break for it. Oh, no, and we the, should just wait it out. I the think creatures so, are descending. Yeah, there's, there's like, like sound. There's, you know, one of them puts a spike through the door, you know. Yeah, and they, and they have a bit of a, you know, Stoush there, and another yeah. one of the Imam's boys gets killed. Killed, yep, yeah. But again, uh, in the uh, moment, it's very similar. Again, isn't Riddick it? Because was Riddick so was like, cool. Riddick's standing there going, "Don't move." Yeah, you know, and 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 he's like just leaning in and out of the shadow. Oh, that is that is the <laughs> best one of the best scenes there because he's sort of he uh, sees a creature. Yeah, the boy comes up and says, and then just Riddick just appears out of the shadow. Yeah. It's such a beautiful shot yeah, that the is. way that the light just cuts across him. Yeah. And he doesn't move, and he's, he's just—I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's like, yeah. Um, I, says, I think it said says something like, "What an unfortunate moment oh, to turn up," or yeah, what, what a, yeah, what an unfortunate situation or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then he just kind of—it was a good line. And then he just leans back, disappears back into the shadow, like totally disappears. Yeah. yeah. And you can see that he's—he's oh, he's a scary person in the power of his knowledge. Mm. He's—he hasn't harmed the kid, and the kid. Kids and then the kid and then panic and, and freaks out and runs moves, yeah. and gets killed. And again, Riddick sort of comes out and you can, you can almost sort of see him. He's like, oh, what? what? I couldn't Why? Why? Oh, just yeah. what? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not happy about it. And but, he's, but he is, he's very cool with, because the others are like, you're an asshole. And he's like, what? Like, you know, yeah. I, he's the idiot. Like he shouldn't have run. I didn't run. Yeah. You, know, I mean, like, I mean, you could sort of say, well, maybe Riddick could have like, Stopped him, held dragged him, him back. But, him. but but Riddick at this point is still a bit fifty fifty yeah. on on these people. He's he's still a bit sort of um, you you deserve to live if you try. Yes, you know I'm and not here to I'm not here to ensure your survival. I'm I'm here to survive. The one thing in this moment the group have learnt by is the light. Not only do they not like the light, but the light hurts them. Yes. So there's a moment. There's a shot like they they've got the torch and it's like it's like burning the creature's skin. Yes. So yeah. Yes. So the, one of them gets literally, shot by the cop, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, there's sort of a dead one, and they they put the light on it, and it's bubbling away because obviously UV or whatever type of light is killing yeah, them. Something. Yeah. The light spectrum is killing them. So, which then makes a lot of sense because I guess the whole thing is this planet. Uh, if every 22 years it goes into some sort of darkness for a month. That's when these creatures come out and yeah. have some sort of big orgy on everything, and then they're Not forced that there to. Not there seems to be anything left, but no, but it, it, but then it, they do. They turn on each other, don't they? Yeah. So the creatures literally eat each other, and I suppose it's a bit of survival of the fittest for the next twenty-two years. Yeah, I presume. Yeah, but yeah, you anyway, got to think yeah. maybe they're going to some sort of hibernation or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. So they they gather up all the light they can, and and they sort of have like these light tubes, and they've got like this weird generator thing with, they with do. light tubes sticking out of it, and they yeah. wrap it around themselves, and they drag this sled with the the, the yeah, remaining and fr- cells. And Fry has made this decision because that was the thing. Fry and the bounty hunter, they they had that. Yeah. Standoff, like he's saying, we should stay yeah. and sit this out because eclipses only last so long. 
and she's like, no, we should go forth with the plan, like, yeah, get think, the power. I think, I think they sort of say, yeah, I think someone else had that same idea in yeah. the courtroom. Yes, they do. They do, but it's but as it goes on, they do. Then she debates that that oh, mm. why did we come? And they go back, you know, they go they head back around again, don't they? So well, well, well let's get there. So anyway. they, they take this sled along, and there's clearly the, the flying things. We get the perspective of the monsters and things. Yeah. We realize they're being the the aura of the light is the only thing shielding yes. them. Yeah. And and of course, what are that? What happens is one of them wants to break away. And well, he he trips over and yeah. his light goes out. Tor- or he drops yeah. his glasses. Yeah, and he goes to go get them, and and he's a little bit too far away, and then uh, and one of them says that great line. swings by and like knocks him. And he goes ah, and he totally freaks out. Yeah, and he just starts crawling away and drags this That's right. generator thing, tube light thing, yeah. smashes. And you got the feeling that, that tube light thing would probably just last forever. Yeah, like or effectively. Yeah. But he smashed yeah, he it. He smashed it. And there's this beautiful <laughs> then, scene yeah. where he's in pitch black. Yep. And he, he lights his cigarette. So you've just got this little bit of glow yes. around him. You just see him. And he, he takes a swig of his whiskey and breathes the fire. Yeah. <sighs> and all the creatures and are it's surrounded. Just like, yeah, like a dome of creatures <laughs> pressed around. All just with their the, big teeth. And... Just the outer limits of this glow of this light. And, and he says... He says, I was supposed to die and... France. France, yes. And do you know what his name was? Paris. His name was Paris. Oh, God. I know, I've only seen that on IMDb uh, today. But yeah, but that was a great line. I liked that because cause he was the antique stealer. He was all into wine and, you know, like, so it was a great line for that yeah, character. Yeah, he was, like, he was sort of a bit prissy. I wrote bit, it down. It was a good line. A bit posh, yeah. But it's that was, it was a great scene. In fact, they used that in the trailer. This, yeah. Or just that little bit where he breathes the yeah. fire and there's just, Monsters of course, like, of you course. just get that creeping feeling of like, yeah, he's just surrounded. He, so he's they, destroyed. So they creep on. They keep the team keep going. They keep going. Yeah, they're and, using um, now just a little alcohol. Yeah, they're using it just so the creatures are kind of closer to them, and you can you get in that in that whole sequence. You get in that feeling that they're surrounded, you know, and that the creatures are there. And we do have a few shots of Riddick with his eyes, and he keeps looking, and you can see all the creatures. Yeah. Whereas, of course, the rest of the time you can't kind of see them. And Riddick and the cop kind of they start pushing ahead a little bit. Well, well, like they, they can cross over their own trail. Yeah, and they go, "Why? We've just crossed our own trail. What are you doing? What's your, what's the story?" And he says, uh, "Yeah, I've been there, there's there's a lot of them up ahead. I've been trying to come up with a, an idea of how we're going to get right. past them." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's this argument about, "Well, we should have stayed." And, and then she goes, "Oh, well, no, we can't do it. We've got to go." And blah 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 blah, blah. and. And so Riddick and the cop, but they they kind of creep ahead, you know, and they and because the others are like, what are they talking about? And yeah. you're sort of getting that they're having a discussion, and then Fry says, uh, "Hold back a bit, hold back, yeah. hold back. Let them let them kind of go up, go up." She's sensing something, and um, and we are too as an audience. Yeah, that Riddick well, is up to something, and and, we, and we see their discussion. The cop or the bounty hunter is basically saying, "Let's use them as bait." Yeah, let's use the little girl. Let's use the little let's girl. Let's use Jack, as bait. the little girl, as bait. Drag her body behind us. Yeah. To give them something to to chew on, and, and yeah, we'll Riddick okay. is like, yeah, you tell me that this is really interesting. Yeah. This is a great idea. Yeah. How about we use you? Yeah. And then they have that's how. How about we use something a bit chunkier? I yeah, think yeah bigger. Like I think that we need a bigger bit of. That. And this was another moment where you go, okay, Riddick's actually got a bit yeah. of morality. Yeah. He's kind of like you know. 
I don't. I'm not gonna go killing some yeah, little girl. Like, like a little girl. Yeah. In fact, it's not even so much that. Is it's like I'm not gonna kill one of them to use as bait. Like I yeah. don't particularly care about them all that much. Yeah, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna I'm do not anything that low, bro. Yeah, like I don't need to do that to survive, so I'm no. not going to do it. No. But Whereas the cop, the was cop like, yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, let's get rid it was of. It's a clear distinction, wasn't it? Good yeah. and bad, you know. Which was and that's great. where you're starting to see that turnaround there, and that. Uh, I also sort of got a feeling that that's where we're seeing Riddick's um, low opinion of humanity being confirmed. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, well, this is what I come, I've come to expect. This is the people that get the authority mm. and are so, so-called respectable. This is what we get out of them. Yeah, yeah. Is let's start cannibalizing our own people. Yeah, that's right. For the yeah, again, again, I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's the same thematic question again of. Fry, you know, yeah. like I let go of oh, the stuff the passengers as we yeah. it's better that we survive as the captains. Um, and here it's the same, isn't it? Like the bounty hunters kind of saying, Well, sacrifice the little girl mm. so that the rest of us live, is we're more important again. That is the ongoing question. And Riddick, I guess, when you really think about Riddick as well, his, his character is seen as the bottom of the pile as well, yeah. You know, he's in this bit, he's needed because he's carrying. Well, He's you, helping the power kind of, cells. You're kind of wondering this whole time of like, really, how is this going to end when they get to the ship yeah. and it's all powered up and they're all in there? Really? Are they just going to be like happy families now? And is mm, it, Yeah. So you, you know that something so is going to evolve yeah. here. So and, then because of that, the cops suggesting that, Rick, saying, no, you can be the bait. Then they have that fight, the eye shot. Yeah. Um, and Riddick succeeds in S- slashes his back open. Yeah. And the, yeah. Cop, the cop ends up getting dragged away by monsters. Yeah. Yeah, so so Riddick's hands are clean on that. He he only defended himself as much as he had to, and this is is again one of these theme things. Is and I, I find it it sort of chickens out a bit, I guess, but it plays off our psychology a bit because it does. it's the same as you always get uh, the the hero can't shoot first. Yes, you know he, he can only be he can he can there's a monster outside the window. <laughs> The Riddick wanders back to the people, yeah, and they go, what happened? You know, that was terrible because they didn't quite know what was going on there. They just something no. happened, and because they when the fight happened, they kind of took off. Yeah, yeah, and then and as, he as, appears. Is that one of the where where Jack's having you know a bit of a an emotional moment? Yeah, and Riddick just says, "Don't you dare cry for her." <laughs> I can't talk like Riddick. If yeah. I could, yeah, that's all my podcast would be. You don't you dare cry for him. Well, you get him. paid a lot more money, so yeah, <laughs> doing the voiceover of a film. I mean, yeah, so you don't you dare cry for him. Don't yep. you dare. Don't you dare cry. He yeah. was going to kill you, you know. Yeah, but and that for me, I remember watching that. That was very powerful. It's just like, yeah. And I think this is this is where a lot of us, particularly us uh, teenage nerds who are watching this, thinking, you know, Riddick's this sort of tortured hero now. Yeah, that's right. You can right. see he's, he's like, you know, he's not going to tell the story because he could have. He could have said... He wanted to like murder the little girl and drag her body around. What do you think he's going to do when we got to the, the ship? He would have killed yeah. you lot and tried to convince me to pilot the ship and then Probably hand me in me. his bounty. Yeah, yeah. Like this is this, but he doesn't explain any of that and try yeah. to get them on his side. He's just like, and for the whole thing, he, he's always a bit terse about this. He's just like, don't you dare cry. And that I think that that really and that that sort of line there was one of the reasons I think that this was surprisingly popular. Because yeah. it really speaks to you. You go, I oh, didn't tell. You know, he's so cool. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's so tortured. He's so cool. Is yeah. is very good. And so they continue on, don't they? They do. And now, um, well, basically, I think the idea is that 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 big gang were now distracted by yeah, by him, yeah, body. So they've pushed ahead, but um, 
what starts to happen here then is the creatures start killing each other. Yeah, they're getting and rained on by blue <clears throat> blood. They're literally getting rained on uh, by blood and by bodies as well. Like they're falling and uh, Riddick is carrying all the power cells. You know, this is where yeah, he gets to flex his big muscles. Oh, and it starts raining. And it starts raining, so their their yeah. torches go which, out. Which is a great touch because it's like yeah. boiling hot desert. They can't yeah. can't wait for darkness. Oh, darkness comes. Oh, now the monsters now are not... Okay, so now we need light and like I said, oh, and now we now get the rains, rain. Yeah. Now we get water. So it's it's the good old throw everything at your characters. Yes. <laughs> you know, that dying moment. And Riddick kind of pushes ahead, doesn't he? Kind of like there's a bit of a gap now between them. Yeah, he's 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 really very determined to keep very going. Very determined, yeah. He, get, he gets um, there and then he, he stops and he's looking over the ridge. Yes. And Fry comes and says, what, what's up? And he says, he's we're like, not going to make it. Yeah, we're not going to make it. And considering he stopped earlier and sort of was, and there was like all this fighting and stuff going on. So they, they go and chuck him in a cave. Yeah, go in the cave. Oh, no, so, sorry. Just before you get to that, there oh. was a moment where one of those creatures oh, yes. attacks the girl. School? And yeah. he and he like he he grabs it. Yes, yes. And he like rips it. You know what I mean? Like he fights it. He's holding his big muscles. He's and uh, and he like rips it apart. Yes. And the girl says, the girl's like the the little girl's like, oh my god. And he's like, he says the line, they did, did not know who they were fucking with. Yeah, he did not know who was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. I oh, know that, that. Like, that, that was, was a really a good. That's one of those lines that I was saying before. Like. We talked about with Predator, and, and like it the adds, lines it off. It adds like, to Riddick's character. As you go, yeah, okay, he's because he just saved someone. He did, yeah, he saved the he, girl. He sort of, it was reluctant. Yeah, he saw it and went, oh, okay, shit, okay, okay I, I can't, I can't be leaving the kid to, you yeah. know, someone else maybe. But um, so, the so girl, anyway, yeah. chuck him in a cave. Yeah, chuckles him in the cave. I'll, I'll come See, back for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back for you and put him in the cave. Well, he but doesn't then, actually say he'll come back. He just says, stay here. Yeah, and then, be but then the he, he rolls a boulder in front of it. Yeah. Which is a which, bit... And they all kind of like go, uh... uh nope. Why did he put the boulder over the cave? Yeah, and so he, he marches on and gets to the spaceship. Yeah. And he, which makes you think, you know, he's saying, oh, there was all these creatures over the ridge. Yeah, we're not going to make it, but... Yeah. But yeah, in reality, yeah. he just... He wanted to get to He was ship. calculating, because again, it's like, how does this end well for... Yeah. He's looking and go, how does this end well for me? Yeah. At the moment... I get to the ship, I'm just the prisoner again. I'm back to the prisoner. And I don't, you know, so he, he, he is nice enough that he goes, well, I, maybe he's thinking, well, I can't just like murder them all. No. Physically, he'd be capable of it. Yeah. Like, I don't think any of those people who were able, they, none of them had any real weapons. No. And he did. And plus he's, you know, he's, he's a very experienced fighter. Yeah. It's been clearly indicated. So he's he starts powering up the ship and getting yeah. it all prepped and it's pouring down rain and he's just like taking his time, doing his bits and pieces. And they're in the cave. Back in the cave, they're all like their their lights sputter out and it's the darkest moment and they're like, Well fuck. He's not they, they, they realise he's doesn't seem to be coming back. Not coming back. And we don't have any light. Yeah. But then the, the glow worms they spot and so they fill the bottles with <laughs> all the glow worms yeah. and Fry says I'm going out and I'll help him and then we'll come back for you. Yeah. And again, like she's now taking this, fully taking this leadership responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to see the imam and this one last kid and this girl, Jack. I'm going to see them home. Yeah. So she yeah pushes her way out and charges off and confronts Riddick. Yeah. 
uh, on the open, you know, he opens up the thing and he, he stands on the bay and he's he's out of the rain and he's looking yeah. confident and calm. Yeah, she's in the, the rain looking pathetic and miserable. Yeah. And indeed, she's having a problem because he just says, you know, you can't go back. No, uh, don't go back. Just come in here. Yeah. It's it's easy. We'll go. Yeah, well, he, he proposes, come with me. Yeah, come, come with me. It'll be easy. And and this is this is my favorite scene of the entire film because it, it draws this is the, the turning point of of this theme that's been going of guilt and responsibility and redemption and dark and light and all the rest of it, where he's sitting there just saying, It's so easy, just just come take yeah, my yeah. hand. Just the same as for her, it's just so easy, just eject them all. Yeah. You know, and so easy just take my drugs yeah. it's uh, you know we'll just kill the little girl and you know yeah and she's she just totally loses it and she's collapses and she's weeping and she's weak and and he kind of just starts pulling her in, onto and the ship. this could have been an oh i think an overacted moment but it it really felt as if she had just basically reached this this breaking point this breaking emotional point, yeah. breaking point where yeah. she just and she wanted to go with him yeah and she could feel it and she's sort of creeping forward going yeah okay okay yeah. like Makes sense. I'm going to survive. And, and your audience is there going, oh, you can't leave. Maybe you can leave the imam. He's kind of a bit, I've got the feeling he's a bit foolish. <laughs> Overly optimistic, yeah. I should say. But what about the girl? Come. But but Jack and the other little kid, oh, man, come on. You know, and it was just this, this beautiful thing. And you can see it's representative of what is going on in Riddick. Because, again, Riddick and we, in this film, the audience, we are Riddick. Yeah. We're not Fry. We thought we were Fry. We thought we were the cop. But no, it turns out we're actually Riddick. That's mm. the point of view we are. And he's going, this is what I've come to expect. You know, the cop turns on them. She's just going to turn on them. She wanted to eject us all. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, and I left them in the cave. Yeah. This is humanity. This is the way the world works. Yeah. And so he's out. And when she, she refuses and pushes him out into the mud and they sort of roll. Well, she, yeah, she attacks him. She grabs and, him. Yeah. And he says... Well, you'd die for them. Yeah. And she finally admitted in, in her, like, and you know it's truthful because she's at yeah. her end. Yeah, she she's, She doesn't have any reserves left to lie. She says, yes, I would die for them. And and he goes, oh, okay. Oh, and, right. and that, and that again, like I said, this, that culmination of that scene yeah. is we are Riddick and we go, oh. Yeah. Humanity's kind of, you know, there's, there actually is something here. And yeah, they, sure enough, they go back, open up the cave, drag everyone along. But the son gets taken. This, the kid gets taken. Yeah, yeah, up, oh, the, this, up the up the mountain. This, um, yeah. Well, actually, I like that line actually when they open up the cave. Yeah, because uh, Riddick had asked him, um, "Where's your god?" Yeah, and, and he says, "This here, this is my god." And I was thinking, <laughs> he's a bit late to the party, fella. <laughs> <laughs> he could have turned up a few few uh, ten minutes back or something. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So so Riddick goes running off. They hear this, the cry. And so Riddick goes running off to rescue. And this is out of character for Riddick. Because he's like, as I said, he had that turning point where she said that she would die for him. Like, so yeah. it's like, she's changed. Yep. Or she has grown. She's come to realize her, her place. Yeah. And he turns around and he runs in to save this. I can't remember which one it was. It was the imam's boy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And Because the others, but, they, they then got yeah, back to the ship. Yeah. And, three and of that, them. They managed to get the the imam's boy yes. rescued, right? No, no. I really thought it was the imam, the boy, and the, and Jack. No, anyway, the, the, no, point... the boy, his son is dragged up like he's gone. Oh, okay. And then Riddick, they they go back for them, and when they're coming back, Riddick kind of gets cornered. 
one one jumps in front. Yeah. And and uh, the rest of them go to the ships, and then he's kind of cornered. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't go back for the boy. The boy's just ripped up the mountain. Yeah. yeah. And then he does that. Earlier, there was a little thing with the skeleton where yeah. he kind of was like, oh, there's a blind, a blind spot. spot. Yeah. So he kind of stands there, and we have this like, you know, because he's got his vision, he does a bit of a dance, a bit of a boogie yeah. with the creature, and the creature we see from the creature's point of view can't see him. And then, and then, of course, one then lands behind yeah, him. Just, just as just, that one who can't see it goes, sort of like, uh, nothing, oh, well, nothing here, I'll go. Yeah. Starts to turn away and yeah. you're going, yes. Yeah. One lands down behind and this other one goes, ooh, yeah. you want to fight him, mate? <laughs> and so they... And then, and we see the vision like of that creature again, like he sees a flash of Riddick the creature, a flash of Riddick the creature. And, of course, then we kind of go back to Fry and that they're, they're actually saying... Uh, Imran and that saying, well, come on, let's get yeah, out of yeah, here. Let's, like, let's, like, let's leave him. So it's the same thing again, isn't it? It's like, well, let's leave him now. And she goes, uh, so she ru- starts running back to but Riddick. Riddick and, there with his knife slashes yeah. the guts out of one of the critters. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, you don't really see, you don't see the whole thing, but you see him slash one of them, yeah, but not gets, the whole thing, yeah. And, and, and then he's, he's confronted by the other one. And then yeah. she... Then when she rocks up, he's bleeding yeah. pretty badly. Helps and so she up. helps him... And they kind of have a little nice moment. Yeah, that moment where he realizes that she's actually willing to die for yeah, him too. She's willing to die for him too. And then, of course, which this is just I reckon fantastic, is she's then Killed. sliced and just whoo, zoomed up into the sky. Yeah, off, he, off she goes, yeah. and then and he says, "Which was really not good. for me." <laughs> which, which, as a, this is, and this is that scene from the where she's crying and. You know, trying to refuse but can't refuse his offer to just leave. Yeah. All the way up to this point here, where Riddick's basically—that's his epiphany. That's fine. That's his last straw. Where it's like someone was willing to die for me, and they—they they did. She died, and now I've got this chance. I've got the responsibility, yeah. and I'm going to take it. Yeah. And this is why Pitch Black is one of my favorite movies, and mm-hmm. I think this is why it did so well in the box office, and why they tried to do two sequels and why those sequels are not as good. And in fact, nobody talks about the sequels because they didn't realize the whole pitch black was not uh, a science fiction movie. It wasn't a horror movie. I mean, it was those things, of course, but what was really of note in this, this was a, a, uh, an almost spiritual psychological journey of, of growth and learning this wisdom of, of from, the start, we've got, as I said, we get introduced being told, you know, the, the reptile brain is still alive. That's why I'm awake and that's why I'm, we were told, you know, deep down inside, we're talking about core, so emotions. And it's this growth and vision, like I said, of inside out, where we're seeing these people play out these different aspects of very strong emotions, you know, and these sort of betrayals and uh, the, the lies that surround us and, and how people can be two-faced. But then... At the end, we're showing that this is redemption. Is that, yes, but, but dis, despite all of that, we are capable of, of rising up and being much greater than ourselves and, mm. and helping and, yeah. and being heroes. And so Riddick, this, who started with, you know, I remember all the way up to where he just about takes a, you know, shivs her and, but cuts her hair. When I was watching, I was thinking, okay, that's, he's going to be one of the major bad guys in this yeah. film. Like, like it's going to be a bit of a cat and mouse and then the yeah. monsters are going to make it worse, are going to be the escalation. But it wasn't. He is actually the demonstration of, oh, he was the crux. He was the, the, the vision or the observer of all of these confrontations and these, these pivotal moments all the way up to this very last moment 
where someone sacrifices themselves for other people, but then sacrifices herself for him. And as the audience, you know, we've been on this bit of a roller coaster, you know, with the thrills and fear and all of it. And you get struck with that and you go, oh, this is so, you know, it's this yeah. beautiful night and, you know, I don't know, redemption story. It's, it's just, it's wonderful. And that's what the actual story is in Pitch Black. Yeah. Not some monsters eating people. Although yeah. I do yeah. like a bit of that action. And so when they did the sequels, that where could they go that they did not come back to that a, some sort of journey, this 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 psychic journey. And if they'd done that, then the sequels would have won. I don't know how they would have done that, but, mm. you know. And before we started recording this, we were talking about Highlander. Highlander had this similar effect. The Highlander, the first movie, if, if you look at it as a, a bit of an action movie, it had a good soundtrack. Uh, the dialogue was kind of a bit awkward in places. The special effects, yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's an okay movie. But it has this underlying uh, sort of, romance of an immortal yeah and the 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 pain he's he's had and the triumphs and the friends he's what that means and all these sorts of bits and pieces that's the story and that's what people fell in love with and so when they made the sequel to that they just threw more sword fights more flashing bits of lightning and you kind of this is not this is the window dressing we want yeah we want the main event and so and this this one here and that and that scene there i think uh, so i just cut straight to best scene that's my best scene is that <laughs> End sequence. So then, and then the film finishes, basically, he goes, he starts the plane and he turns it off. So the creatures have kind of descended upon them and they're all going, why aren't we going? Why aren't we going? And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then he... Can't go without saying goodbye. Yeah, and then he like fires up the engine so it just blows a shitload of them away. And And then he smashes (laughs) through them. Hysterically, yeah, smashes through them like windscreen wiper mosquitoes, you know, like, you know. And they go into space and he kind of ponders his future and they say, well, what the Jack, the girl says... You know what what happens next, and he's like, "Well, Riddick died on that planet, planet, doesn't he?" Yeah. And um, that's very metaphoric and, and everything and again, you're saying. That's, you know? that's all that that continuous. It's like Riddick. I'm leaving behind that character. I'm moving uh, on it, to something. It just else. would have been so good if if the sequel had if they'd managed to come up with a sequel that somehow carried that on, and you could yeah. imagine there'd have to be some other confrontation. Like he'd have to be tempted back into some sort of criminality, yeah, yeah. and then maybe make up for the original issues that he got imprisoned for and i don't know yeah that's right that's right but so anyway. that brings us to the end yeah roll yeah, credits yeah so it's a great little sci-fi uh you know as you've been talking about a lot of metaphoric deepness to it so you really liked that scene in particular of the, at the end there yeah that, that last bit that that's what sealed the deal for me like hmm. the yeah there was sort of um some rough dialogue here and there and and some of the the scenes and cuts were uh, again, not as slick. You know, we, we watched Oblivion the other week. Yeah. And Oblivion was, as you said, that was just scene yeah. for scene, yeah. dialogue line for line, perfect. Whether you like the movie or not, I don't, you know, it's you can't fault its execution. Hmm. Uh, this one here, you sort of go, oh, there's bits, it's rough edges. It's, it, yeah. Uh, it was a bit cheap in places uh, where they could have had a bit more budget. But then I think that, would they have lost the the heart and soul, yeah, which yeah. is at the by, by the end of this movie, leaving that? I remember leaving that cinema with my friends, and we were just all just like trying to figure out why we loved it so much. Yeah. What was it that made me go out and buy the DVD as soon as available and watch it again? And 
it's t- taken time, but I think I've explained what it was. It, it was yeah. that, it was that personal journey where yeah. we felt we were we were being exposed to these ideas, and and we all, you know, you sort of walk away with a bit of a bit of a moral tale, mm. yeah, which yeah. was a bit nice. I I think, and it's more than I mean. I, lo- I loved at the start the the moments of revealing Riddick. Like I, I really liked that. It was pretty cool that they kept him in the dark for so long. Like I think that was a really cool sort of plot. You know, like again, as an audience where we don't know him, we don't know much about him. We learn so much about the other characters. The things we're learning about him is kind of through those other characters, and it's very and also how he's shot is very mysterious. You know, mm. he's he's got the ball gag, he's he's got the goggles. You know, I mean that's the thing. Empathy uh, on screen in photography, it's all about the eyeballs. You know, mm. if you don't see people's eyeballs, um, you're not having that that empathy with them. You know, and we can go deep into well, the male gaze and well, stuff that, with that females was why and things like. In Star Wars, it was so acceptable to shoot so many stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, because because you don't see their. I face. remember as a yeah. kid wondering if they were robots. Yeah, or that's what? right. Yeah, because they're just a uniformed person. Just it doesn't matter, faces, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in here as well, Riddick's got the goggles. You don't see his eyes. He's in the dark. You only see bits and bobs of him. He's also up to mischievous things. We keep getting told he's a bad guy. Like they're kind of setting him up as the bad guy, um, and we're not at all empathetic. So I liked how they did that. I thought that was really clever. Hey, how about um, th- how about this part though? When Fry is crawling into the tunnels mm. and the monsters, you know, we, we sort of get cuts back to mm. Riddick chained yeah. up with his yeah. arms. Yes. And he's, he's starting to tense. Yeah. And then as the monsters, as, as that scene with Fry climbing up gets more and more tight, he's like banging and banging and banging. And yeah, it's true. It's like almost like he's, he's linked, you know, his yeah, bestial mon- nature. He, yeah. he can sort of, and, and we, get, prey we get this um, feeling throughout that he has kind of a, a real instinctual yeah. vibe to him. He, yes. he, he acts thoughtfully, but also he has got this very strong instinct for yeah. when the, how things are falling in a very predatory yeah. animal sort of That's a way. Right. And yeah. that, was a, that was a great scene there where you sort of yeah. got that connection between him and the monsters mm. that yeah. he, he sort of knew something was happening. Is You yeah. got the feeling like, like dogs barking before a storm type of thing. That's right. <laughs> Um, so I, I liked that it set up and then I just thought that that kind of, you know, when they, when they were creeping through the darkness and you knew the monsters were surrounding them and they had that tube light mm. and like, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, the writers and the filmmaker, like they've gone to such an effort, it's such a setup, and then this is the payoff, you know, like, mm. and, it, and it was, it was tense and you didn't really, I wasn't sure who was going to go first and you know, who's going to get eaten. You know in that scenario things are going to go bad. Yeah. But you're kind of thinking how is it going to go bad? Who's going to get done? How are they going to get done? Is it going to be justified? You know, is it going to be glorious? You know, like, and as an audience, like you, you're, you know, this is why you have some of these sub-characters is to kill them off in horrific ways to make it more tense for the main characters. So, you know, you knew that Fry's not going to get taken, but you're like, oh, who's going to get taken next? And they escalated that really nicely and I did appreciate that. Like I really liked that. Yeah, it was really nice. Also, how how well was this set up with uh, Riddick's eyes? Yeah. The fact that he could see in the dark. Yeah. It, it was it was a very... Like when you look at it, you go, okay, it's a, a plot device because, uh, you know, he can see in the dark so he can, like Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, yeah. he will lead the sleigh. So you knew there was kind of... Um, possible, a but 
but it was also well set up because it's quite natural that yeah he's going to have this um you know eyes because mm. he's in his prison underground mm. forever yeah uh, why you know why he's so healthy and hale without the vitamin d i don't know it must be <laughs> vitamin pills yeah, maybe those uh solar ta- oh what are we talking about but they, they don't exist. yeah so he's um yeah it's a great sort of setup with him with his eyes and so that he'd be leading this you know this unreliable leader it was it was great so what about the ladder the ladder uh, sorry um i'm not going to go through my ladder tonight but i mean you've seen this film a few times you mentioned that you know you walked away from it when you first watched it sort of going why is this so good why do i like it so much you've rushed out you've bought the dvd yeah. you've watched it again and again a couple of times over the years where i mean where does this then now Look, the I, viewing I'm, of it now does this come in at the top still for i would you? i would put this in uh, i'd like to put it out as even with the lobster okay it's yep. just i i said likewise when i finished watching lobster i came away just going there was just there's a lot of confrontation in that there's sort of yep. confronting thoughts and ideas and images and and things but something about it really spoke to me in fact i'd, I'd probably like to watch the lobster again just to see what elements of it really uh resonated or really sort of made me feel something and and mm. this one likewise as i said yeah it's some of these effects are a bit dated some of the camera work some of the dialogue but there's a payoff at the end there where I, even watching it again this is probably about the fifth or sixth time i've seen it i just i got that real sort of i don't know that that, that fullness feeling in my body that i yeah. had been satisfied yeah by something yeah so it was yeah so up there between lobster and Iron Mother, or equal with that, so it's it's right right towards the top there. It's one of my favourite yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have the DVD still. Yeah, I watch it on Netflix so because it's far <laughs> it's too la- far too lazy to go through my DVD to put a DVD in. Yeah, I think for me, I'm it's going to be more towards the bottom. I don't have my list on me right now, but I'm going to put it a little bit lower down. And I th- just because I feel like it has dated. I feel yeah. like if I I had I'd never watched it at the time. But I feel like if I had at the movies, I probably in 2000 would have gone, wow, like mm. this is amazing. But to look at it now in 2019, like 19 years later, but just to kind of see some of those things and just sort of think, oh, it's a bit, yeah, I, I found it a bit hard to watch some of those moments. Absolutely. Like it, it did, it, it was a bit of a let off, like a let down really, well, to see, be honest. I, but, I wonder though how that would be made today. Like because mm. if you made the creature effects and some of the other bits and pieces that much better would it de-emphasize what i think is really cool about the movie no i don't think so no i don't think so. And if you remember as well grant spature with i am mother saying you know like he was someone born up in the 80s of that that puppetry and that and so for him for mother it was like he really wanted it to be a, a puppet you know a real yeah. thing you know and to this is my personal thing as well like you go back and you look at those Jim Henson things, you do take Alien, and I think sometimes there's definitely a place for CGI. There definitely, definitely is. There has to be. Yeah. But I think what works, sometimes the filmmakers that go to the effort of mixing the two, you know, so mm-hmm. they use a bit of puppetry, they use a bit of CGI or a bit of masking and stuff like that. Um, it works really well. You know, it even has from... Um, the the beyond, the you know, beyond, like yeah. he sort of talked about the blue screen and not using the blue screen and running, like doing the Stanley Kubrick thing, you know, like yeah. running the vision in the background versus a blue screen works better. And I think I think that's the thing. Like it felt, I think if you took this film and made it now and you did a bit of a mix of the two, it would just the 
it would last longer into the future you know yeah but there is also we we have to forgive the filmmakers because in 2000 it was such a rage to use the cgi stuff wasn't it like that yeah, was the like big jurassic rage. park yeah I mean, that, that was sort of 92 or 93 or whatever, Jurassic, and that, that all used CGI yeah, most that's, that's of the time. Sort of oh, like, I suppose Terminator 2 was the first, like, lots of CGI. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. The first majorly CGI movie was The Last Starfighter. Yeah, right. 80, yeah. 84? Yeah. 83, yeah. I want to say. Mm. I don't know. If you, have you seen that one? I have many one? years ago now, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember while, seeing but... that and thinking it was so, and got, someone said I was computer graphics and I went, oh, mm. whoa, that's incredible. <laughs> I watched it more recently and I went, yeah, yeah that's clearly computer yeah, graphics. Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw the Steven Spielberg, there's a great documentary about him, I think uh, came out last year or something. And, you know, like with Jurassic Park, it was, the script was there and, and um, this guy was working on a computer and he kind of, in LA and he like called him over and sort of said, you know, he'd, he'd been spending four months on a computer program, you know, and he had the T-Rex like walking, you know, and, and Stephen came over and said, it was like, we're making a film. Now we're making a film. Like I can see it now. Now that you can do that on the computer, we're doing it, you know? And it was, so Jurassic Park was one of those things that was just like, oh yeah, you know, like now we can do it because of the computer effects and we're going to totally do it because of the computer effects, mm. you know, it's like, so, and in the, you know, in the 90s, there was so many films that all of a sudden it was all CGI, you know? Yeah. And I think now there's probably a bit of a mix. Yeah, it's sort of coming, coming back a bit. So now, it's circled back, yeah. Where they're realising it's kind of cool mm. to, to mix yeah. it up a bit. Yeah, and there's definitely, like, don't get me wrong, computer effects, CGI works really well. Um, I think this film would date better if they'd done a mix. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah, and, and some of the, the uh, like, maybe drone work and some other yeah. camera stuff like you would have been able to get a, a, a feel for a really vast yeah. spaces because I think they're trying to indicate that it's, it was a big mm. desert, empty yep. uh, wasteland. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess if you if you take the brilliance of 2001, like, you, you know, the special effects they used in that and what he did with the models and stuff, like, I mean, yeah, there's moments that you're like, oh, you can tell that's a model but there's also a lot in that film that you go wow this stands the test of time mm. like it's impressive what he's done you know in 2001 and and there isn't computer effects being used you know um so it's all more trick photography in that you know so it's like you, you kind of go wow it, you can use that and it lasts longer <laughs> than computer graphics yeah. but again that's just our generation we get so used to, i mean you see the stuff that comes out now with computer graphics and you're like wow Aren't you? Yeah, you know, well, like you're just blown I've, I've away, watched like. these YouTube shots that my kids watch, mm. and these are just home YouTubers. Not, yeah, they're not using maybe production houses, yeah. but they're chucking on, you know, dragons and dinosaurs, yeah, yeah. which you can just commercially get. And then they're, they're, they're not as good, say, as some of the movie stuff. But yeah. then again, the budget they're doing it with is basically zero. Yeah, <laughs> and for for. To even suggest that you could do that, like go back yeah, to 2000, 2000 even, yeah. and suggest yeah. that you could do like a Jurassic Park dinosaur in your driveway mm. just with some free downloaded software and a dinosaur model bought for 25 bucks off Blender or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. It'd be crazy. Yeah. So, 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 that's, anyway, that's... so, we, so we've talked about best scenes and, and we've talked about ladder. Um, we've talked a bit about, well, we're running on time here, yeah. but. 
Uh, what about well, the science? Anything in the science? Oh, yeah, I was going to go on about a whole heap of stuff, but <laughs> I want to do it just a little bit about solar panels. Okay. Because there's solar power in this and it's just... Just make it quick on the solar panels. It's, well, it's amazing that they, as I said, it's, it's a brilliant move to have a moving solar machine so that you could, you could see the effect. So yeah. more importantly, you could see when it stopped because that was a pivotal <laughs> one. And the whole reason they, they showed these moving solar panel things, solar generators... In part was because they want to sort of say, look, it's future tech. We yeah. can do stuff with it that you can't normally do. But secondly, also, it meant that when the sun disappeared and that car powered down, they didn't just have to say, oh, it's powered down now. Because let's face it, it would just be silent. It's a visual effect. Isn't you can it? see yeah. the visual effect. It's, it, it reminds me of the Matrix, their phones. They had those flip phones. That, you know, and there's like action. Because how dull would it be if they just had like a Nokia phone you know normal they're just talking to it and it's just like it's just a plastic the old plum. brick phone yeah <laughs> but because it because it sort of slips Flicked, open yeah. like and like like with a real definite slip and crack and you know there was an action involved with making a phone call they go i'm gonna make a phone call and yeah you never saw them push it closed again i don't think no. it just flicked open yeah so so again movement there but it's the solar panels though solar panels are well i think they look like one of my science fiction power things it's just like this it's a solid state item so it's just a, a a plank of wood with a bit of glass on it basically sunlight hits it and we get electricity i mean it, it's beautiful you, you see uh fusion reactors and i talked about this in passengers fusion reactors you know this incredible computer technology and magnets and uh, modeling required to maintain the plasma at the end of the day though that's just making heat to boil a kettle yeah you <laughs> know like that's what we've been doing since uh, the ancient Greeks came up with steam power. And here we are, we're just using a more sophisticated f fire. Yeah, yeah. But solar panels, that's a genuine, you know... New invention. Yeah, it's, there's no moving parts. It just sits there and creates electricity. Wonderful. But the amazing thing is it's such simple technology. The difficult part of them is actually having a facility able to create them, not the actual technology itself. Because the technology is, uh, now if you remember your chemistry, you had um, some elements with a positive valence and some with a negative. So that would mean, so sodium and chlorine. One is sodium is strongly positive and chlorine strongly negative. So when they come together, their electron bonds, you know, electrons, um, chlorine is got extra electrons then its uh, energy state would like to maintain. Sodium has a lack of electron states, so it's positive, and they will combine strongly to form an ionic bond, which is sodium chloride, which is table salt. If you go and take yourself silicon, which is um, a semiconductor, and the semiconductor is, is nice because it has some peculiar ways it operates with electrons. Uh, it's semiconductor, so for example, it'll allow flow in one direction but it's difficult in the other when it gets hotter it becomes more resistant no uh becomes less resistive sorry okay. which is the opposite of metals so it's got this sort of interesting policy um attributes if you go then and but it, it's basically uh chemically inert you know glass sand silicon it doesn't do much mm -hmm. however if you go and, and this is where the hard part is if you go and create these crystals with some impurities in it so some boron which is, uh, I'm going to see if I can get this right. Boron is 
um, got a lack of electrons, so it's positive. Someone might want to correct me because I'm suddenly thinking maybe not. But anyway, it doesn't matter. You understand. So you got one with boron, one with phosphorus. One uh, and and those two uh, items are are used. Those elements are used because they are easy to dope into silicon. Yeah. And one of them is positive. One is negative. That means that one of them has um, electron shells which uh, have an extra electron than is stable. They'll sit there, but they 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 want to they want to form bonds. And the other one has is lacking electrons. So it's got what they call an electron hole, which is a, um, what do you call it? It's a quasi particle. It's, it's not, there's not really a particle. It's a lack of an electron, but it, it moves this. Yeah. Cause you imagine you've got a cloud of electrons and they want to sort of stay away from each other, but, but there'll be like a patch where an electron could fit, but it doesn't. And that patch moves about Yeah, right. and it can actually swap from uh, atom to atom. So it moves kind of like a particle. It's actually the uh, gap or the shadow of where a particle should be. So yeah. you have some crystal with phosphorus, some with boron, and they're held in this nice crystalline ladder so they, they don't move anywhere. You stick them up close together and into a very fine wafer, and it's, they're already somewhat electrically interested in one another because one's positive. There's, there's some with positive, some with negative charge, but without any energy added, they're not going to go anywhere. Mm. So along comes the photons. The photons hit and excite the phosphorus and little electron. It gets enough energy to move through this semi-resistive, uh, semi-conducting um, silicon onto the boron's hole. That's electricity. So then you put some electric plates on either side and like the that. electrons get sucked out and they get you know, form a, a circuit. <clears throat> And that's it. So it's actually quite, you know, it's, it's quite simple. You're basically holding these, these two atoms close to each other that want to form a bond, but they can't because they're in silicon. Mm. You hit it with photons. And the photons give enough energy that the electrons can cross this gap. And that's it. The hard part is in making those crystals. And that's been expensive. And that's where a lot of research has gone into how to make them cheaply. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is basically the way diodes work uh, as well, is that you add electricity. They're sort of the other way around. They're the opposite of a solar panel. You put electricity into a light-emitting diode, and when the uh, electron jumps the gap, it emits a photon. Right. <laughs> so it's a reverse solar panel. And in fact, you can use diodes to create electricity. There's a, an interesting experiment where someone showed that you can use diodes as a refrigerator to generate electricity. So right. very, very weak effect. Not really worth your effort, but it's an interesting concept. Mm. So yeah, I mean that's that's solar panels and solar power, which was very important in this, which yeah, is why, yeah. of course, uh, when the light died, so did the, their dreams. That's right. If you that's the problem of relying on solars that only without battery. Yeah, well, I guess the thing is they got twenty two years of sunlight, and that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Here in yeah. here in Mandra, we get an average of five and a half hours over the year of sunny days, which yeah, you think about that. That's that's average. That includes all the rainy and cloudy days. We have five and a half hours a day of sunlight. That's why we get a lot of uh, British immigrants mm. to WA. Yeah, and why yeah. we have an enormous solar panel um, Industry, roof, yeah, rooftop yeah. installation. Yeah, yeah. I was counting it the other day because another neighbour was getting it in my street. And now it's like the, across the road from me, there's nine houses in a row on mm. my street, which is, I'm just like, that's fantastic. 
as so yeah, it's like, well, yeah. I, I work the more the more and more people do it, well, then we really will cut back on this coal dependency. You know, <laughs> the like, closer we get to having to stabilize grid, yeah, unfortunately, that's right. Yeah. So I'm I work in the the uh, energy market and with the the controllers who actually control yeah. uh, the grid, and uh, it's interesting that there's enough. We're, we're reaching a point that by instead of five years or so, there's basically going to be this tipping point where the amount of solar power in the grid is enough to cause our largest generators to have to shut off. And the danger of that, of course, is that when you get a big cloud cover comes over or like happened to today, there's a, a big bushfire, smoke comes across, all our solar panels turn off. They disconnect yeah. from the grid. They keep right. generating electricity, but they disconnect from the grid when their voltage shifts by about 20%. And so you suddenly get you know hundreds of megavolts megawatts of being power drained back. just you yeah, dropped off generation and suddenly being drawn and yeah there's there's a tipping point coming where the power the coal generators and gas generators won't be able to respond fast enough and they'll be a very sunny day you'll actually have to turn a coal power plant off yeah which you think yes but it takes days to yeah, restart a coal power <laughs> plant uh, once yeah. you turn it off you want to be sure it's going to be off for a few days but solar panels come on and off the grid so yeah, we're we're going through a whole bunch of market reforms at the moment, which will change the way all that operates. So no worries, and that's happening in the next year or two. All Sounds good. Control. But anyway, that's yeah, solar power and solar panels are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So good old Pitch Black back in two thousand was you know talking a bit about this solar panel revolution. Yeah, and yeah, oh, clearly if you've it. got twenty two years of sun, you it would be. Why would you not? You, three three suns or two suns? I think it was three. It's suns. three suns. So yeah. it was a binary system. Yeah. And then a third one, so very complex. I actually yeah. wanted to look up what the mechanics of that would have to be, yeah, the yeah. orbital paths that. Uh, and I mean, happen. like to be pers- to be honest, like when you sit back and you think of a, a story, like we like the wandering Earth. Okay, sun's going to swallow the. Pl- let's push it. You know, it's you know, it's it's quite out there and thinking, is this plausible? You know, like how you know you got to go with it. You take this film, you think, well, yeah, in a solar system, sorry, in a planet in a solar system where there is three suns and on this planet not much would survive, but there could be a creature that does survive mm. because every 22 years there's like a month of blackness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just how they survive. Like they've evolved on this planet. Like I can really believe that, you know, like, you know, you can really go, I can buy into well, something like would, that. It would be because it rained heavily as well in the dark. Mm, yeah. So you could imagine that the water sinks down, you've got underground lakes, yeah. you've got plenty of warmth. So you'd have, uh, instead of having surface oceans, you have yeah. under, underground oceans. Underground oceans, yeah. And these guys are just the lungfish crawling out of the underground. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. underground's like the safe spot. And these are the guys who are sort of venturing out and finding yeah. advantage yeah. in anything. That's when it out comes there. dark, they're able to pop on out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just they, they are the superior, you know, like at the, this film has the shots of those huge creatures, those bones. You know, like uh, that the characters in this film walk through, like yeah, like these creatures have just dominated the Earth. You know, mm. they've overpopulated overpopulated this planet. Sorry, not Earth. But, I, I like yeah. to think that those those big creatures must be the desert. Probably doesn't cover the entire planet. There must no, be, that's right. There might the, be the, other those big creatures must be around somewhere else. But you yeah. think that maybe that these um, these things have sort of are in decline really because yeah, if yeah. they've reach the point where they've sort of decimated everything around everything, them, yeah. they're going to start declining. They'll start dropping off. I yeah. mean, they were fighting amongst each other and things, so maybe mm. maybe they only had a few more cycles left before they 
themselves were in critically endangered. Yeah, because it's it's really interesting because the other day I was at the Maritime Museum here about sharks and like the Megalodon, for example, we had a extinction level event where 60% of the ocean died. And after that event, the Megalodon shows up. Yeah. So, and it's around for whatever. And there's another um, uh, extinction level event that happened, whatever. I, I can't quite remember the millions of years ago that this, these occurred. But there was another event where something like 40% of the ocean died, like creatures in the yeah. ocean died, and the Megalodon died. So it was around for the, that period. But it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing to think that we had some sort of extinction event on the planet that 60% of the creatures in the ocean all died off and then this new creature, along with other creatures obviously, but this new massive shark appears. Yeah. Like you're thinking, what the hell has evolved in the ocean that then you need a predator that is this big to then eat those things, you know? Like, yeah. where, uh, you know, what happened? Where did this giant shark suddenly come from? Yeah, it's, it's, so so when you, again, why I say that is I, it just makes you think, yeah, like on this sort of planet that pitch black is based on, well, yeah, there's these creatures that, uh, you know, they just come a, out in uh, the dark, you know. An like, evolutionary gap there yeah. and they filled it. They basically. filled it for a while. They might, they probably won't live there forever, but they're just, they're there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, so that's very, what we're saying about humans, really. Yeah, so that is. We, we, we've inhabited the earth as our current form for a, a minuscule yeah. Time geographic. Well, see, that speaking. thing about the sharks is the sharks have been here for 450 million years. Yeah. And humans in that clock, it's like, you know, it's a finger, you know, like and it's we're nothing. already shifting the climate to the point where yeah. things are going to get tough for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're making life difficult for ourselves. So, look, I think as a film buff, the reason, a real good reason to watch this film is color lighting effects that they do to pull off the alien landscape. I did think, coming from an Australian point of view, I was like, is this shot in Australia? Uh, quite often they are. Like Tank Girl's a good example mm. that's shot in Australia in the desert. Um, and lots of Mad Max, you know, lots of films have been used. In fact, when I looked this up, Kudapedi, there's been 10 to 12 big feature films shot at yeah. Kudapedi because of the landscape there. And, and because everything's, <laughs> you know, there's so much underground there. There's a lot of underground things. So, but, but even just this sort of like this desert location that's not that far off the grid and, you know, you can get there and, um, yeah, so it, it makes a lot of sense. And I know other landscapes in Australia are used for that. You've talked previously about um, Iceland, you know, like yeah. another like another extreme Olivia example. was using yeah, Iceland. Yeah, so um, that sort of idea, you know. Requiem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of is it. But I think if you're a film buff, a really good reason to go back and watch this film anyway is the lighting and the color. And it's not only uh, the like. I think the way they shot the desert, they definitely pulled it up. It's really bright. Like you, as an audience member, you feel and, that. And it changed the zone. from the, that white to a blue as the other yep. suns came yes, up, which yep. had a good, good but sort there, of. But there, there is, and um, you know, like uh, they played with light. There was a lot of silhouettes effects with. Riddick, you know, like oh, the fact that um, the way they got him to melt into that shadow, melt into the shadows, beautiful. Yeah. And there's a couple other times where he's kind of like lurking and hiding, and he's in there and he doesn't. Even when he fights the cop, the bounty hunter at the end, like, and and he gets the better hand of him, he kind of seeps into the darkness, you know. Yeah. And he's talking to him. I can't quite remember what he says to him, but he he, he even says some things to him, and he he just disappears into the blackness again, you know, and yeah. he's like left stranded to be eaten alive by all those creatures. 
Um, there's also when Riddick has his glasses ripped off, there's a flash of light, you know, mm. so it's a good effect as well of us as the audience that we see, like, you know, like it's harsh for him. And remember like the the Fry and the and the Bounty, they talk to him and it's kind of like a an extension effect of them, you know, yeah. they, they're, they're, they're echoing almost through light, you know. Um, so I thought that was cool. Uh, the crash landing and um, the creatures, there's a really pretty cool like blurry light effect that they use as well and the shot is kind of stretched you know it's bent it's mm. warped if you remember when she is deciding to kind of like let go of all the passengers the the light when it crashes and it's scheming along the planet like it warps like 2001 there's a there's a warping effect yeah. of the light over her face and she's like ah, you know like she's blinded by it um, and it's the same with the creatures as well. They do that. There's also, you know, a blind effect, which is Blade Runner. So, you know, like at the end of Blade Runner, there's the blinds that he's like there. And um, they do that with with um, with Riddick again in this. So he's like, he's got the blinds over his features, you know, so it makes him again really mysterious. And I, so that's, I think this film kind of has not so much homage, but there's just those little dots of sci-fi films you know yeah. so there's like 2001 there's alien there's blade runner they're all they're all in there just little and as snippets. i said some of the <laughs> some of the um style of cutting and present presentation of the scenes is really there's a throwback to some 80s yeah, action action as well yeah yeah and it probably sets up you know vin diesel he's a big action hero yeah and he? you can like, definitely see how he came out of this movie and then just landed all these roles and yeah. has grown to be a, a bit of a force. Yeah, definitely. Because definitely. Uh, he he totally dominates this film. The oh, way the way they, as I said, uh, made him mysterious, the way they wrote him, the way they had the shadows on him, yeah. the way he, he always sort of he gave meaningful looks and was yeah. just quiet and very few words. Yeah. It, it's almost a bit like uh, Arnie as a Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like. Arnie totally won that film, and, and yeah, I definitely. remember watching an interview with uh, Michael B- Bain. Michael Bain, the yeah. um, the guy who played uh, Reese. Yeah, the soldier. Yeah, the soldier. He was presented as being you're the soldier sent back, and you're the hero, and you yeah. rescue this girl, and you you know give your life rescuing her. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. That sounds this would be a great role for me. And of course, little did he, you know, he's go introduced to Arnie because like, he's this Austrian bodybuilder who's. <laughs> doesn't have any lines in the film. Yeah. yeah maybe he says like three or 12 words or something funny. And so he thought this was a, you know, I'll be shooing for the, you know, action hero. And nobody knows him. You know, like people, you say, oh, Michael Bain, they go, who? Oh, here's, here's a other guy in Terminator. Here's yeah. the other guy in The Rock, you know, <laughs> who played against Nicolas Cage. Uh, he yeah. was that other guy in Aliens. Yeah. That Ripley, you know, yeah. you go, well, really? Yeah. You mean Hudson? Now you mean yeah Hudson no Hicks Hudson what no but yeah so and I think you know Arnie sort of won that by all those lighting effects on him and his slow movements and the few words he spoke it just, it just he wins out doesn't he it's it's almost it? as if you're better off presenting characters with less to say because then they will have more impact yeah so I, that, I think anyone that's a film buff needs to have a look at this film for the lighting and the colour and that, that kind of effect. I think that's a really impressive part of the technicality of this film. And I, I think actually also if you don't have a huge budget, have a look at the way 
they they've weaved this theme of uh, redemption and you know spiritual growth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Amongst all the characters, yeah. it wasn't just one character having no, it. No, pretty much all. It of was them a demonstration the whole way thing, through, yeah. and you don't need budget for that. No, you just no. need to be good at writing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and this film does that. The um, good old what are they called? The Whedon brother, the Wheat brothers, not the Whedon, Wheat. Josh Whedon, the Wheat. Yeah, yes, and, and <laughs> Del Ken the Wheat there, Jim and Ken, one of my uh, my wife's. One of her favourite childhood movies, which is uh, the Ewoks Battle for Endor. <laughs> yeah. He wrote and directed that one. Yeah, good on, Jim Wheat. So, yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end. It'd be great to hear your thoughts on Pitch Black. wasn't one of our classics, but it was one of Surrey's one of my favourites, so we needed to have a look at it at some point. And let us know what you think about Pitch Black. Also, let us know what you think about what we've talked about and let us know anything that do you agree with what we've talked about with Pitch Black and did we hit it on the right way? And you can hit us up on our Twitter handle. At Space Brains Pod. Yeah, and also at Instagram and Facebook, which is just Space Brains Podcast. And Check that out. Or you can get me also on at Gravity Undone. Yes, and that's also where you can get the podcast at gravityundone.net. Check it out. Yep, and uh, likewise oh, on all the other There's a new podcast coming on 25th of October. It's called Personalized. Okay. It's an interview show, talk show. Uh, my my friend Vincent King Yep. is uh, an American fellow in Alabama. He will be talking to uh, creators, uh, musicians, writers, find out their personal stories, basically. Excellent. Sounds cool. Keep so, going and then, so next episode, if you want to keep up with us, we're going to have a look at the film Anon, A-N-O-N. It's available on Netflix. It's a 2018 sci-fi film. We, I don't know much about it, apart from the little tiny blurb that you get. Anon is short for anonymous. I think so. Yeah, something yes. like that. So anyway, we look bit forward. Of a thriller. It'd be As great. always, we go in and joy watch and don't really try to look too much into it and see what the result is. Yeah. See you next time. See you later.